This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's good, baby? It's Barling, one half of D-Lo KC, and thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it, and hopefully you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Enjoy the show. Travis Manion Foundation, and through TMF, these words can live in you, too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. This hour on ESPN 1320. Sponsored by In-N-Out Burger. After the game, head on over to In-N-Out for classic burgers, fries, and shakes. In-N-Out. That's what a hamburger's all about. AFM West Sacramento. KRX2 HD2 Sacramento. ESPN 1320. Driven by Lesher's Elk Grove Dodge. Always live on the Odyssey app. Live from Sacramento, California. Woke up quick at about noon. Featuring Damian Barling. Yes, I absolutely still love Russell Westbrook. So what? And Kenny Carraway. Sometimes you're really just vibing out. This is D-Lo and KC. I'm the streets voice out west. Legendary self-made progress. Last time that I checked. On ESPN 1320. Happy Friday and welcome into the December 16th edition. Friday, December 16th edition of D-Lo and KC, I'm Damian Barling. Acknowledge me! He's Kenny Carraway. Yes, sir! Acknowledge me! And we are so happy that you are here with us. Will Z is going to join us to preview the Kings and Pistons coming up here uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Immediately following that, Chris Biederman uh, of the Sacramento Bee and host the Candlestick Chronicles. He's going to be with us. Uh, he's in Detroit uh, for the Kings game tonight. And, of course, uh, He's one of the great 49ers reporters as well, so a lot to talk to him about. Trista Crick, 2 o'clock, Kyle Matson, James Ham. you know them Friday vibes, man. We got you uh, all day long, and I'll say this because it's probably the last word that I'm going to be able to get in uh, for the next 12 minutes or so. San Francisco 49ers looked good yesterday as they clinched the NFC West, beating the Seattle Seahawks 23-13. to 
Hey, man, there ain't no, there ain't no I'll rant. I'll see you guys on Monday. There ain't, there ain't no rant to go on. You said it. You said what it is. You said what it is. It look good. And look, I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm going to come with the same energy. We talked yesterday in this very studio. You asked me how I was feeling about the game. I said, ah, oh, not good. It's a tough situation. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd, I'd – well, sorry, good kid, Dad City. I'm sorry you actually listened to me this time. But if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be betting on the Niners to win. Well, that's, that's, before, that's before I knew who 13 was. <laughs> that's before I knew who 13 was. I mean, Damien, Damien, hold on, man. Hold on. Let, me, let, me start, let me start with small potatoes. Let me start with small potatoes. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know you my mans. You know you my mans. All right? But you go ahead and make sure that foot is 100% for all the workouts you may have to do this offseason. You know, the x-rays and the MRIs that you have to show to these teams that you're going to be, you know, potentially going to as a free agent. There's no need to risk it in these playoffs. And even if you tried, me and young Shanny, we wouldn't let you in. Because that man 13, that's all I need to see. I will take my chances with that young man. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. All I'm saying is I've seen what I needed to see. And I'm willing to take my chances with 13 in these playoffs. That's what it is. That's small potatoes. Now, you want to talk about big picture? Lord, have mercy. I didn't, just for the record, but. Lord, have mercy. You know, you know I love, I love Trey Lance. You know I love Trey Lance. That's my guy, Trey Area, the whole business. Man, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you the I'm gonna tell you the one that got me. This this may be something that just went to the went under the radar of, of of others, and you know maybe it didn't stick out to others the way it stuck out to me. But on that, I don't know what it was, forty seven yard touchdown to George Kittle or whatever the case may be. Brock Purdy's sitting in there. And I was listening to my guys on the morning roast. They're hundred percent. That was probably his third or fourth read. That wasn't where the play was designed to go. He went through all the progressions. But there's a little thing that I saw that I was like, oh, this guy feels great. He has an understanding and a feel for the game that we haven't seen. He was in the pocket. He's going through his reads, going through his reads. He sees Kittle. There's this little sidestep he does in the pocket that is instinctual. It was instinctual. He wasn't taught that. It was instinctual. Where he said, oh, let me get in the pocket, but not too far over here where I'm away from the defensive lineman or the defensive line. I'm still in the pocket. I still got room to step into my throat. And it was just a little tit-tit. Bang. Bang. That's that's just he's got that. He's got that. He's got that. And as much as I love Trey Lance. I haven't seen those type of things from Trey Lance. The intangibles. Purdy was just in that pocket. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, sidestep. Bang! Come on, man. 13. I don't know. I'm not ready to make that just yet, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Brock Purdy. I love what I'm seeing. That's all I'm saying.
Okay. And let me real quick. Let me get something out the way too, because Doctor David in here talking about uh, where where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? We ain't, we ain't even gonna do that. We ain't even gonna do that. I'm trying to find it. I can't even find it. Oh yeah, there he is. Doctor David saying Kenny trying to trade Trey Lance. Let me take my shades off right now so you can look deep into my eyes when I say this. Jesus Christ. Trey Lance ain't going nowhere. Trey Lance is a San Francisco 49er. He is a great asset to what this team is trying to do. And we're going to work with Trey Lance. We're going to develop Trey Lance. He's not going anywhere. He's still gang out here. Just want to make that perfectly clear. Okay. I guess I'll be the one to point this out. All of this conversation is ridiculous from beginning to end from you. Even the Jimmy one? From Bonte, from 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 Butch. It's all ridiculous. Even the Jimmy? All of it. It's all ridiculous. He's done a good job though. That's what matters. I will be the one to point this out since apparently I'm I'm the only one who looks elsewhere here when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. This team hasn't lost since Christian McCaffrey was traded here. Mm. So you can talk about Brock Purdy all you want. Mm. And go back a few weeks and talk about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, game managing and, and, and reducing mistakes. It's fine. Seven straight now for your squad? Seven straight games. They have not lost a football game than Christian, since Christian McCaffrey was traded here. That ish. Should be the story. Ish. How's that ish? He was there for the Chiefs game. Okay. Ish. I mean, he was there for two days. Okay. That's why I say ish. Okay. You're right. That's No, that's facts. You're right. He, he was here for the Chiefs game. Ish. Since, ish. He was here. Yeah. He was here. He, he, he gets that L. Um, but seven straight but wins. But point well taken. I mean, no. No. Damien, no. Don't get it twisted. Say, I'll well say taken. seven straight wins since you had a couple more than two days. To yeah, get since Christian he was McCaffrey really, since he was really in great. No point well taken. And you look and 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 hundred percent. You, you you maybe go a little bit further here. You look at the last two weeks without Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. How's Christian McCaffrey looked in those last two weeks? Mm-hmm. Last night in the week, you know, Sunday. It's, it's, I, I guess I should ask you how Christian McCaffrey's looked in the last five days. Since that's really what we're talking about. Sensational. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Sensational. That's how he's looked. And that is perhaps a far bigger story than Brock Purdy. That could be the reason John Lynch lands executive of the year. Mm. That could be the reason this team is set up along, of course, with this uh, tremendous defense who, again, you know, they did everything we thought they would last night. I, I, the, the game didn't go – too far off what I expected, other than I didn't think the 49ers were going to put up 21 points. Thought they'd put up a little less than that. That should have been a that should have been a blowout. That was on the verge. If it wasn't for that sorry rough in the passing call and the fact that we showed mercy on Pete Carroll, I would have punched it in from the one. That's a so, that's a that's a beat down. So there was mercy shown on Pete Carroll last night. Hell yeah, we was at the one. Why, why was why was why did, why did Kyle do that? Because he wants to you know be uh, have good sportsmanship and uh, be respectful. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I would have punched it in. You don't even you don't believe that. What do, what do you mean? You don't believe Kyle let up on Pete Carroll last night? He literally you, did. They you, were on the one inside the one with a minute to go as a touchdown. But no, he takes the knee and and we move on with a twenty one thirteen win. Absolutely. That would have been dumb. Hey, come on, man. That would have been dumb to try to put that ball in. 
Okay. You could have just run the clock out. That would have been dumb. That's that's fine. Sportsmanship. We're that's just not sport- sportsmanship. What that's, is it? That, that, it's protecting your players. Oh, You're man. running an extra play. I'm Come on, man. In there, man. I'm running that in there. At least I'm mad and I'm running it in. Well, <laughs> you don't have uh, millions of dollars in radio hosts sending you Redfin passwords on the line <laughs> when you're playing Madden. Uh, but the 49ers got the win. More importantly, the 49ers got the NFC West. In all likelihood, the 49ers have – they haven't guaranteed themselves. It's not a mathematical lock, but we're not stupid either. The 49ers have pretty much secured a three-seed or higher, uh, depending on how this mm-hmm. shakes out, which creates an interesting final three weeks uh, for Kyle Shanahan and this group to navigate. Mm-hmm. Not just Kyle Shanahan, but Brock Purdy as well. Brock Purdy isn't a traditional starting quarterback heading into the playoffs where you go, oh, we're going to rest our guys headed here into the to the final weeks of the season. He probably needs those reps. He probably needs that timing work. But you, I, I, I think what you saw from George Kittle last night was extraordinary. Uh, you want to bottle that somehow. And in order to bottle that, you have to have George Kittle out there on the field. Maybe you minimize what he does in uh, the next few weeks. We know Debo's not going to be around. There is no point in Debo returning. Uh, during the regular season. This team's not going to have an official playoff bye. Uh, they're going to play the first weekend of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all, all signs are Debo's going to be playing uh, first week of the playoffs. How they manage this could go a long way in determining um, how they come out that first weekend, first weekend uh, in the NFL playoffs. And I think it's tricky. It's tough. It's a tough position for them to be in. Obviously, you're excited uh, that the playoff spot was locked up, that the division was locked up. Uh, you've got a home game, at least one home game locked up. Yo, that's really that's really exciting. There, there's there, this is this is a this is a tough this is a tough thing I think for Kyle Shanahan to navigate over the course of the next few weeks. I don't think there is a people will tell you there are right or wrong answers. I don't think there's an easy answer for how you navigate these next few weeks, especially with virtually no shot at a buy like a, a real buy a, a, a one seed mm-hmm. and you know even 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 you know moving up is possible two seed is possible yeah. one is not yeah and that's more home games so it's not something you sneeze at i was um on the post game show the 49ers post game show on the nbc sports whatever uh i don't know if i agree with this but dante whitner who's been in them trenches was like man you keep playing them you keep playing them. The rest can. Develop. I don't dis. I don't. I don't disagree with that. In most cases, I don't disagree with mm-hmm. that. I have my concerns about this team has been banged up a lot. That's Eric, that's Eric, the concern. Yeah. Eric Armstead has been banged up a lot. You can't lose Nick Bosa, the defensive player of the year, and you can't lose Fred. There, there are certain guys that you just that nothing. You just nothing can happen to. And granted, some could happen at practice tomorrow or. Mm-hmm. Tuesday and it has for the 49 that's exactly <laughs> they, they exactly practice exactly um I, I I absolutely agree you keep going you keep playing football but there's obviously a downside to that especially because it feels like every you know it's Friday every Monday some sort of season ending injury is being announced mm. to and and not to you know random depth chart guy 47 but to a player who matters, to a player who is really important to what they do, uh, that's the only thing that gives me pause for this San Francisco 49ers team. No, understandable for sure. Uh, there's a lot more Kenny wants to say. Maybe I'll throw some thoughts in here on the 49ers <laughs> as well. I watched the game. I enjoyed it. I watched it from a neutral party expect- perspective, and I walked away really impressed with what I saw. So we're going to dive into that. 
Plus, yo, Kings close out their road trip tonight. Yeah, man. Jesse asked a really interesting question that I want to bring here to the show, and we want to talk to Will Z. Uh, also, some news on Mike Brown. Mike Brown will be coaching tonight. That's good. Uh, but he's lost some money in the process. Uh, we'll explain we when D'Lo and Casey. Well, he lost even more money. Ah, damn. We'll explain when D'Lo and Casey return here on this Friday edition uh, on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. d and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Odyssey app, 1320 AM, 98.5 FM on your HD radio. You can watch the show if you'd like. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320. You can see Kenny rocking the turtleneck today. And you can see the handsome face of the stat god, Will Z, here with us uh, to preview tonight's closeout game uh, to the six-game road trip against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Will Z, always a pleasure to have you. By the way, check out Will's great work over on ESPN 1320's website, ESPN1320.net. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the numbers, and, and Kenny will talk more about this as the day progresses. This is a game the Kings need to win. It, 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 Detroit's not very good at all. Uh, they just put up 140 against Charlotte, who is the only team in the league, I think, worse than them. But, Will, this is a game that I think the Kings really need to win. 
They do. I mean, Detroit, they come in with the 29th ranked defense, which the Kings have had just a continuous stream of, I think, all seven of their last games have been against top 12 defenses. So it's just one of those games where it's kind of a game that they should win. And I finally feel comfortable saying that about this current Kings team, unlike last year's and years before, where they should win this game. And the numbers show that. Do you think that, um, you know, the Kings are a team built to kind of change what they want to do defensively from game to game? And I ask that because you think about this Pistons team, and you talked a little bit during the break when we were chatting, is one of the only ways they're going to beat you is if they go crazy from three. And they don't have a lot of guys that can go crazy from three. So do you change your defensive strategy if you're the Kings to kind of, you know, play the play the pack line defense maybe and, and make sure there's no holes to drive to the basket and you kind of, I don't want to say sacrifice a three-point shot, but, you know, you know that's where their weakness is. Yeah, I feel like that's something that Mike Brown, like that's a really good question. Um, I don't have numbers to prove anything, but I mean, it makes it seem like with the adjustments that we've seen in third quarters and just throughout games, and especially game to game when they've played teams multiple times, it seems like there's been adjustments Mm. made. Um, So I feel like that's what good teams do and that the Kings have the personnel and the coaching staff to kind of make sure that they're making those adjustments on a game-to-game basis. It'll be interesting to see um, for the Pistons, like you were saying, there's Bojan Bogdanovic, who's just going nuts this year. Mm. Um, He's averaging career highs in 21 points, 2.4 assists, 4.9 free throw attempts, 50% from the field, and 43% from the three-point line. Mm. Um, So he's leading them in scoring, which surprised me. So just don't let him get going and don't let the team as a whole get going from three. Yeah, you said, you mentioned that a, a, a minute ago that the Pistons' best opportunity to win games is when they get hot from three, and that made me look back at the game here at the Golden 1 Center where the Detroit Pistons, they scored 129 points. Of course, the Kings won that game, uh, as many remember from the Drake bars uh, that were <laughs> dropped. But 15 of 29 from three for the Detroit Pistons in that game. Mm-hmm. 51.7% from three, man. That's I, – I, 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 man, that's tough. I, I don't think Mike Brown – obviously, Mike wants to end this road trip with a W. I don't imagine, even in a victory, 129 points and 50% from three is going to leave Coach, who, who just lost $25,000 because of that encounter with the official uh, the other night. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be too pleased with that effort. No, and looking back at that game, Ivy was 4-4 from three, which on the season he's shooting um, in the 29.8%. So I think that for him that's an outlier game. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how many times he's made four threes in a game, but with that percentage it can't be much. Uh, So... I'm guessing he has no other four. Again. Yeah, I'm guessing he has no other four for four game this season. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. The the other thing about that though, you know, listening to those numbers, you talk about Jaden Ivey. I know Kevin Knox went crazy. You know, Kevin Knox can shoot the ball, but I mean, he hasn't. Like that's his skill set, but he hasn't done it. Done it in the league, mm-hmm. and he was on fire. I think he had another four threes that game. If I'm Mike Brown, 
I look at it where that first game was an anomaly. If we do what we're supposed to do on the defensive end, they're not doing that again. They're not putting up, what would you say, 129? 129, yeah. It's not happening. They hit a lot of threes. They were efficient from beyond the arc. I'm going to bet that if we do what we're supposed to do, it doesn't have to be suffocating defense, but we do what we're supposed to do, they're not going to shoot like that again. And that's one of those things. You hear Jeff Van Gundy um, say it a lot of times on different scenarios in the games. Don't overreact to a play. You know, don't overreact. If you're if your game plan going in is, you know, give them the three point shot. If they hit two threes, don't panic and overreact. Mm-hmm. Stick with the game plan, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, if if I'm Mike Brown and that coaching staff with the Pistons tonight. And then the good news for the Pistons is even if they do get going on offense, their defense is is not good. So the Kings, it's not ideal, but realistically have a chance to win in a shootout too because of the Detroit defense being subpar as well. Someone who didn't get enough attention from you and I yesterday, and I did bring this up with Matt George uh, in the 3 o'clock hours, Keegan Murray. Uh, Keegan Murray didn't have a big offensive night against Toronto, but he had some really impactful plays mm-hmm. against Toronto. And, Will, you wrote today how Keegan, and, 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 and it's worth pointing out, you got Keegan and Jaden Ivey, two guys who we talked a lot about uh, during the draft process, but how Keegan Murray is really kind of quietly got going again the last handful of games. Yeah, it's been sneaky. Um, he's up to, in his last nine games, 13.7 points, 4.2 rebounds, and he's shooting 46% from the field and 42% from three on a pretty high volume too. So it's just that three-point shot that kind of left him for a little in the middle of games there has come back, and he doesn't need the volume to put up 13 points a game. He only needs a handful of shots, and he's really making the most of the looks that he's getting. Keegan hit that. If memory serves me correctly, you're better at this than I am. When that run happened after Mike Brown got tossed, mm-hmm. it was Keegan that hit a three that was it, 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 that was huge and kind of all right. Okay, settle down now. Yeah. Like we just we just gave up like six points on that possession. Settle down. Let's get going. Keegan was the one who hit that three. I, I think it was a floater, still three. Like he had a little three play sequence mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. That, you know, kind of kept them above water yeah. until everybody else can get going. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah. He's uh he's 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 gotten going again, as you said, Will, uh over the course of the last nine games. And Jaden Ivey, I imagine his the reliance on him is gonna pick up quite a bit now with Cade Cunningham officially out for the remainder of the year. He had surgery yeah, his... today, by the way. It said to it said to heal rec- uh, uh speed recovery. I'm still not clear yeah, what the hell went on. We don't need to speed anything up. Just, <laughs> but but the, the, the oh, surgery to, to 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 aid the healing process. Like what? Oh, oh. What, 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 what? What did you cut him open and put an ice pack in there? What are we doing? I still don't get. I, I still don't get what shin surgery is. But regardless, Will, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's good. Um, yeah, that's a head scratcher. Uh, but Ivy, yeah, his numbers. I looked them them a little in terms of when Cade went down and they didn't really go up it's actually his percentages went down so so far Ivy just hasn't been very efficient mm-hmm. um, which is normal for rookies um, but I mean he's going to get so much more run with Cade being out he's at just about 30 minutes per game which is second most of all rookies so he's just getting a ton of minutes out there yeah 
And another guy that uh, the numbers don't back it up. Maybe it's just every time that I see him play, um, he looks solid. I thought he – can't remember. I don't have it in front of me what he did the first time they played. But Killian Hayes, I know that his game has been up and down um, as far as production-wise. You know, one one night he'll have 22 against the Mavs. Then he'll have five or something like that. Yeah, nine in Sacramento. Nine in Sacramento. Um, but I don't know. I got my eye on, on Killian Hayes. You know what I mean? I, that's somebody that – I don't want to feel comfortable, right? Like if he's not playing great right now, don't let him have a eleven point first quarter where he starts to feel good about himself. Keep him, keep him down because I I like his skill set. I think he has skills, and if you get him going, he's a talented ball player. Yeah, it's really one of those kind of classic kings of old, and like don't let role players go <laughs> off, which we've seen so many times, but. Yeah. Uh, hasn't really been. Can you guys think of any role players that have really had like monster games like in years past this year? No, that now they just let the best players go off. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah. Paul George I, had. I don't 40, know if that's Steph, better, but it yeah. makes more Evan sense. <laughs> well, no, I'd rather lose to Steph Curry than uh, you know Warriors guy three who got his jersey <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday. Like I, I, I'm I'm okay with that. You lose to Steph, yeah. you're in a long line of teams that have lost to, lost to Steph Curry rather than the one team who lost to the guy who wears, you know, 11 on the team or whatever. Um, Great stuff, as always, Will. We appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll be tuned in uh, to the timeline tonight. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Take care, Will Z. man, Will Z right there. You know, I I think that's one interesting note about Cade Cunningham going out at the time that he has. This Detroit team wasn't going anywhere, in my opinion. They were a team that I was looking forward to watching, and – well, that died early. Uh, and now Kate Cunningham, it's, it's gone. It's virtually non-existent. But the one thing that worries me a little bit about that is I, I think there's value. We've talked about this in different scenarios before where you get, you get a note that says, hey, in this case, Kate Cunningham is out for the year. It's not he's going to be reevaluated in six mm-hmm. weeks. He's going to be reevaluated in eight weeks. No. He's gone, Mm -hmm. which means we have to adjust to life without him right now. And I think that it's it's I I hate the next man up line because I feel like it's a bit degrading to some guys, though I understand why coaches use it. Who's going to step in and fill that spot? And I think there's a certain comfort level, not in a disrespectful way, but there's a comfort level of like he's gone. I've got an opportunity here. I have to make the most of it. Again, he's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. But once the news came out, we saw what they that he was gone, gone. We saw that they were able to do against Charlotte. And and that's that's the one thing that gives me pause tonight is you got a you got a team that's kind of in a in a full-on shuffle. Let's let's regroup here and see what we can put together. Oh. I don't believe this team is very good. I think they're only going to win a dozen or so games the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. But at this early stage, I am a little, you know, you talk about Killian Hayes. You talk about the, you, you know, the role players jumping off. Those, that's the thing that's got me a, a, a smidge bit on edge tonight. Yeah, I, I understand that for sure. Um, respect for the opponent as well. Uh, but like you started off saying, man, they should they should handle business tonight. They're, they're a much better team than Detroit. I've said a number of different times, the individuals on on the Detroit Pistons, they have a lot of individual players that I like, you know, whether it's um, obviously Cade who's out, but I like Jaden Ivey. Uh, I like Sadiq Bey. I like Jalen Duran. 
I like uh, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, Killian Hayes, his skill set, I like him. He hasn't really proven it in the league. But they have individual guys, Bogdanovich. I, I like him as well. But, I mean, collectively as a group. He's going to be one of the hottest guys on the market. He already kind of is one of the hottest guys on the yeah, trade market. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I think they should handle business. And I, I'm, I'm like, I thought about it a little bit, a little bit more. And I would be pretty upset if they lost tonight. You, you've got an opportunity to go 3-3 three and three on a six-game road trip. But even more than that, maybe not more than that, but just as, as you know, important as that, is you just had a heck of a win in Toronto. Maybe the win of the year. Highly emotional victory. Mm-hmm. How are you going to respond from that? Yeah. That's what I want to start to see. How you respond from these moments. You know, are you satisfied with that? Are you still on the high of that and you're not even thinking about this game? Or are you looking at it kind of how I just talked about it as, hey, we we that win in Toronto was huge because it gave us the opportunity to kind of finish what we want to do. Are they happy with 2-4 and four on the road trip? You know, are they being ultra realistic and being like, hey, it's a tough road trip. You know, we got that second one on Wednesday. That was big and there's a little bit of a letdown. I'm not saying that's necessarily how they're thinking, but, um, you know, uh, subliminally, are they thinking, ah, are they taking that XL and they let Detroit hang in this game and, and steal it later in the game? How are they going to approach tonight is really what it is. So this 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 brings to mind the PTSD conversation following, you, you know, losing a couple of games b- b- badly to New York and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We've called for them to respond a couple of times. And they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, We asked how would they respond after the, quote, emotional victory against the Indiana Pacers. They won a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. We asked how they would respond after getting their ass kicked by the Boston Celtics. They didn't beat the Phoenix Suns, but I have zero issue with the way they responded and played the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think in the moments, because I don't think this is the first time we've asked how are they going to respond – Remember, this team lost the first four games of the season. I feel like they've responded at every turn, and this for for me, and and I and I think your 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 feeling is valid. And for me, this might be the game that puts that to rest for the rest of the season. If you come out here and beat Detroit after that game against Cleveland, which not only puts you at three and three on this road trip which I don't think a soul on the planet would think that that's not a, a, a tremendous accomplishment. It puts them at 500, I think, through 16 games on the road. Mm-hmm. And they're, they'd be the eighth team with a 500 or better record on the road in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could put to rest all of those. How are they going to respond? How are they going to respond? Because we're used to them not Mm-hmm. Talking about how they're going to respond. We're used to them just flat out not responding. I don't think that's the case this season. And maybe this is the game, at least for me, that puts those worries to bed. This would be the game that could do that. To talk about what you talked about um, with the times before, and you're 100% right, the only caveat I would have with that is those games were at home, number one. The, how you respond to Boston – Phoenix was back at home. Yep. Um, how you respond, you know, after Indiana, the Clippers was on the road. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll be—I can be real. I mean, the 
the Clippers weren't playing anybody. Any of their top guys weren't out there. I, and that's I mean, not that's the fault. Fine. That's not the fault of the Kings. They did what they were supposed to do in that situation. But, but I, I can't treat but that's, that the same. That's, that's my point. They did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, but I can't look at that and say, oh, I'm not going to question them no more. Because some people could say that about the Detroit game today. Like, oh, they're playing a sorry Detroit team. Let's see what they do when they play, you know, Memphis, you know, before going home or whatever the case may well, be. There's going to be that's not the same thing. There's going to be a lot of those moments. The conversation is totally different. We're, we're, the conversation we're having today is totally different if they're going to play Memphis. But but to me, just doing it on the road, that's that's another another stepping stone. They're going to be this all I, the way. I feel like you're discounting the L.A. game a little too much. I mean, I, they, I, know, I know the guys weren't there. It was a road game. You could argue that Clippers team that they played that Saturday is comparable to the Detroit Pistons. No, they're far worse. That Clippers team is far worse. They they don't have a Jaden Ivey. Okay. They don't have a Bogdanovich. They, it was Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard were all out. Who's scoring points? Or no, I think Reggie Jackson might have played. Or was I know John Wall played, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, the the point that I have with all of it though. Is I don't think Reggie Jackson did play. He did play. Terrence Mann, thirteen points. I like Terrence Mann too. The crazy thing is, I like a lot of those people on the on the Clippers. Brandon Boston Jr. had eighteen in that game. Brandon Boston Jr. could go. He can go. I think he was a second round pick. I was hoping the Kings would have took a chance on him. This will be, <laughs> man. So we are. We obviously know the 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 six game road trip. Mm. The 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 Clippers game was in December. Which means seven of the eight games they will have played in December have been on the road. Mm. With the one home game being that Chicago game after that the the Clippers. Man. And and then it's it's gonna it's gonna flip in their favor. You know, yeah. it's it's gonna get crazy yeah. for for their home schedule. I just think and maybe it is the PTSD, but I also wanna be fair to maybe the process, I guess. Because while while this team has nothing to do with 16 years or anything like that, this roster, it's still a team that's like new. Like they they haven't they don't have the 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 battle wounds of a Phoenix Suns right now. Where you know, hey, Phoenix has been there. One of the reasons why people look at the Lakers is because obviously they have LeBron James and stuff, but those guys have have done it. They've done it. We've seen them. Say, all right, we're going to go win seven out of eight or eight out of ten. And that's why we still feel like they're lurking. Mm-hmm. This Kings team, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying we haven't seen it one way or the other. So there's going to be these little tests along the way. Like, can is this group going to respond? I believe they this have. This whole season's going to be a test. Exactly. Exactly. That's my, that's my whole point. I, much like you, believe they're going to respond. I've, I've said it for weeks. This team don't blink. They don't blink. Yeah. But – there's still, you know, that little bit of ah, let me let me see it. Let me see it for sure. And that's what this Detroit game represents to me. Let me see you go out there and beat Detroit the way you're supposed to. If you don't, I'm not looking at you like, oh, I knew they didn't have it. I'm just saying I, I want to see you get it done. Does this game determine whether there it was a successful road trip or not? I'm on I go back and forth with that. Because I still because at the beginning of the trip, I don't know if I said it on the air or quietly. I don't know. But I was like two. You a wild dude for that. I was like two. Well, because I, I don't know. Kenny had a show in his head in which he said, 
I, I, gotta gotta say, I, I, I got a 24-hour show. I thought you okay. said it on the podcast, to be honest with you. I, I feel like you said it on the show, too. too but but I, 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 you know, I tried to get away from giving a number. I wanted to see how they played. Yeah. But, you know, and I think I did say it on the podcast. But two and four, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with. You know, yesterday's yeah. price isn't today's price. Because right. now two and four means you lose to Detroit. Right. But um, I'll get off the fence and say you, it's a successful road trip. You're lying. You're, you're, why are you lying to it? You're going to be because a, you, you might feel that way Monday. You're not going to feel that way at six thirty tonight. Yeah, but that's that's an emotional response a little bit. Well, if you I get feel, a little emotional. If I feel that way on Monday, that's more of a clear response. And I think back to how it is. Two and four on this road trip, as frustrating as it may be tonight, if that's what happens, you came off of that, and people were dreading the six-game road trip. Mm. You came off of that still, what would they be, two games over five hundred, Coming home. I mean, you can't. I don't. I don't look. I don't see how you can look at that and say it's a bad road trip. Well, it's because you lost to Detroit. That's how you look at it as a bad road trip. You lost to Detroit at the end after that. That 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 win against Toronto. Yeah, that's but, how. But bad though. I would. I wouldn't call that a bad road trip. You were able to. You were you able had, to survive you, that you, and you, come you, home. Okay. Two let's games look, over five hundred. Okay. Let's let's go back to your line a minute ago about how they played. You get. You get it handed to you by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You play terrible against New York, and a, a, a perfectly fine game against Milwaukee, in my opinion. So you got that one. Mm-hmm. You got the two beatdowns. You got the just the, the poise and composure to beat Toronto, and then you lose to Detroit. What about Cleveland? Where's Cleveland? Oh, that's right. I'm holding up if five I, fingers. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a if minute. I, if I told you, if I told you. The Where was the Cleveland the game after after Milwaukee? After Milwaukee, if I if I told if I told anybody at, at the beginning of this trip you're going to beat Cleveland but lose to Detroit, they would just kind of Nick Bosa put their put their shoulders up. Okay, do you, I mean do what do you think? Like if I if we would have said that before uh, uh, but, but, before the before the trip, so, you're going to beat Cleveland but lose to Detroit. So is it a good or bad trip? Well, let, do your Doc Rivers. Tell the whole story <laughs> I because I think part story. of the story is Philly and New York. Well, and well, then we get into because that's part of the story of the Toronto game, right? Oh, right, right. Philly, New York, and the response. Right. Then we get into so that's why I say yesterday's assessment is not today's assessment, and that's and that's because what I of mean. the Toronto thing. But I'm going back to well, not just the Toronto thing, but the way that they lost to Philly and New York, and now you're compounding it with a loss to a team that's the second worst in the league. I feel like Toronto might have saved them. The way they played in Toronto. Okay. Toronto was a hell of a game. They played they played a gritty hell of a game in Toronto. And I think that saves in my opinion, that saves it from being a bad road trip. They played a hell of a game in Toronto. They did. They did. And they need to follow it up with a hell of a game in Detroit. No Fox in New York either, by the way. Okay. Your best player wasn't there. Okay. It's not the only game he's missed this year. No. We'll step out. Uh, we've got the best of both worlds coming up. Uh, Chris Biederman. Oh, I ain't going to sing it. <laughs> you're not allowed to. Don't do that. Don't tell on yourself. <laughs> I we just got, said I ain't going to sing it. We got uh, Chris Biederman coming up, who, of course, one of the great 49ers reporters. He's in Detroit. Uh, Kings beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. So uh, we'll talk Kings and 49ers with Chris Biederman in Detroit when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. We're back here on ESPN 1320. Chris was just about to launch into a great story. <laughs> now I'm just our, our man Chris Biederman, beat writer for the Sacramento Kings, Sacramento Bee, uh, does the Candlestick Chronicles with 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 Kyle Matson. He's he's a great Kings reporter. He's a great 49ers reporter. Uh, he's out in Detroit. He had a tough travel day yesterday. He was just about to launch into what was probably the greatest story of all time. Now I'm on the edge of my seat, wondering what was about to happen as we come back. No, I, it's not a good story at all. I was just, oh. you, you know, you go, you know, you go to the airport and you see those people kind of sprinting mm-hmm. and oh, like yeah. going place to place, and you're like, man, I just never want to be that person. Yeah, that was me yesterday. Oh. I sprinted across across O'Hare from the G gates to the L gates only to come up short. I was 10 minutes before my my connection's departure, but they still closed the door on me, so I had to wait in O'Hare for four hours yesterday. So. They should just call O'Hare Airport, I hate you airport, because <laughs> it is constructed like it hates people. Never be. Yeah, is it know, worse than they Atlanta? Gave $12 voucher it's with, a, they gave me a $12 voucher, which got me like two-thirds of a cocktail. So Very okay. nice. I hope you enjoyed it. It is worse than Atlanta. <laughs> there aren't many worse than O'Hare. O'Hare is tough mm. it is tough tough i know tough. the best is like sacramento well, yeah sacramento, you can show up five minutes before the flight and just phenomenal. walk yeah you'd be fine yeah, you just phenomenal. walk in there and take a hey. picture of the rabbit and keep it moving hey yeah you got to take the rabbit picture well that's, that's usually mando. when you come back yeah, no one mando. takes a picture when they mando. leave um, i've never taken a picture of the rabbit for the record oh you slipping you ain't really no sacramento. i'm not i'm just you ain't really sacramento oh, okay I'm Sacramento. You ain't Sacramento. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm ne- I'll, I'll state this for the record. I am never taking a picture of the rabbit. <laughs> you gotta just be a principal. Got to take a rabbit pic. Um, I was just going to say, though, you know, it's unfortunate. Well, no, nah, I ain't even going to go there because it's not even unfortunate. You know, running through the airport is only one thing that we think about. OJ. <laughs> <laughs> the only one commercial. thing we think about running through the airport. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Hey it's, man, I won't yep. mention this guy's uh, yep. name. I'll give him his initials. OJ, OJ. Okay, thank you, man. <laughs> I won't. But, uh, let's let's dive into let's dive into the Kings here. Um, 
what what was the vibe following the, the, the before we get into Detroit tonight where you are? What was the what was the vibe following uh, the Raptors game because you were there uh, with them and that was obviously a hell of a win for this team. Man, they were happy, you know, and and it was a struggle. It looked like it was going to be a really frustrating loss, particularly early in the game. They fall down sixteen points early in the second quarter. They're not getting calls. Like De'Aaron Fox is clearly frustrated with the officiating throughout the game. Um, they weren't shooting all that well. Uh, they, 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 they did get some production from Terrence Davis. They didn't have Ter- uh, Kevin Herter in that game, obviously. Um, and it was kind of a slog, and, and it just sort of felt like with the way the Raptors can often defend with all the length that they have, that it would be a tough game for the Kings to get back into. And then they did make that run at the end of the, at the, end of the second quarter, and, and they really just kept it close. Like The game was never really out of reach in the second half. And, and that's when, you know, as time went on and, and it felt like the game never really got out of hand for the Kings, you know that they can score offensively. And if they, if they could just get stops, um, then, then things might break their way. And then the game completely changed when, when Mike Brown got ejected and, you know, all the players, I'm sure you guys have heard and talked and read about it. Like all the players mentioned that that was a real turning point. And they said, you know, Mike Brown might've done it on purpose, but Malik Monk told me like, that was the reason we won the game. Like Mm -hmm. it, it gave them an energy boost that they needed on the second night of a back-to-back after a tough game in Philadelphia. And then they sort of locked in and refocused and they played better defense. um, And they played a really good fourth quarter and they got the win and, and, you know, celebrated Jordy Fernandez I I think Jordy's a a guy who might be sort of an unsung hero on this team he's Mike Brown's top assistant he's a defensive guy Um, he actually coached Terrence Davis at summer league before Davis even got into the NBA before he signed with the Raptors Um, so there's a comfort level there with those two and just you know everyone was really happy for Jordy Jordy's you know answering questions in Spanish post game Damanis Sabonis is reminding everybody that he speaks Spanish mm-hmm. post game he speaks Spanish fluently and he grew up in Spain and everyone's kind of looking around like Domas knows Spanish <laughs> <laughs> and uh but no the vibes you know the vibes with the Kings all year have been good and that's that's ultimately the thing I keep coming back to is is a team that or an organization that isn't known for for you know, being one that players want to be a part of, I, it feels like that's turning this year. And the vibes after the Toronto game certainly indicated that. Hey, I want to talk about uh, De'Aaron Fox because, you know, I say this all the time. When things go wrong as a superstar, as the quote-unquote best player on the team, you got to wear that. If You know, you're in Philadelphia and you put up 15 points and one assist and, you know, people are looking around like, yo, you've got to be better. You've got to wear that that same energy needs to be kept when he has a game like he had Wednesday against Toronto, where not only did he play well, but he was a driving force. And he was clutch, De'Aaron Fox, at the end of that game through everything that he was going through uh, to bring it home. What did you think about De'Aaron in that game coming off the Philadelphia game? Did you see him um, a little bit more locked in or a little bit more, um, I want to say focused, but just a little more determined to, to make sure like, hey, I need to pick my game up, and obviously, yeah, de- de- determine is a, is the word I would use. It, it was clear that he was frustrated, right? And and he was. It, it felt like watching him play that he was playing against the officials and the Raptors in in his own head, right? Like he felt a little bit of the extra motivation. Like, man, I really just gotta will us to this victory because all things are against us. We're on the road. It's the second night of a back to back. We don't have our head coach. 
And so that was a moment you really look for, you know, when you're a star player, like when you give a guy a max contract like De'Aaron Fox got, that's the type of performance that you need from him on the road. And that's what the Kings got. He was hitting shots. Um, I think you could make a similar claim to for, for Domas, who just, you know, 20 rebounds the second 2020 game of the season, um, really took advantage of Toronto lacking a true center. Um, and even though Toronto has a ton of length, they just didn't have a traditional big. And, and Domas went down in the post and, and did his thing. Um, and it, it really seems like when those two are clicking, when Domas has – is getting a bunch of rebounds and, you know, the Kings won the possession battle or they didn't win it. They, they had one less field goal or one fewer field goal attempt while uh, the Raptors had like, I think it was a 12 advantage in turnovers. So the fact that the Kings were able to get so many second chance points was a tribute to Domas, but just in terms of like the team spirit and the way um, that Fox maintained that determination to just try to like will the team to win to say, Hey, I'm going to score in this fourth quarter um, because we need this victory. Uh, I, I thought that spoke to, you know, some of the steps that he's taking this year as a star on, on a good player. And when we talk about, you know, the all-star game coming down the road, like those are the types of performances that you're going to point to, like regardless of the stats and all that stuff, it's like when the team really needs its star player to come through in a key moment, if De'Aaron Fox can keep putting together situate like performances like that in the fourth quarter, like he did in Toronto, then that's going to be what gets into the all-star game ultimately, in my opinion. Chris Biederman, kind enough to join us from Detroit here on D'Lo and KC. So let's shift to that game tonight. The question of the day, and I will not lead the witness in this question. Mm. Does tonight's game determine whether the trip was successful or not? Does the outcome of tonight's game determine whether the trip was successful or not? That's tough to say. I, I guess I'd have to I'd have to ask the the players that if they really view it in those terms. But like, you know, the loss to New York and and the way the Philadelphia game went, it's hard to feel particularly good about the road trip, knowing that those are some pretty winnable games the way those teams have been playing. Um, but finishing a road trip three and three, probably one of their toughest road trips of the season, and and being able to beat Cleveland um, or early on in the trip, I think it. it, it is obviously a really good sign. But no, like, I, I think you talk to NBA people, they'll tell you, like, win the majority of your games at home and be around 500 on the road, and, and that's what you can hang your hat on. And, and that could, you know, likely get you to the playoffs, right? If, if the Kings can finish an East Coast trip 3-3, three and three, given the circumstances, given that, you know, some of these guys are sick, like, that some of the guys told me that, that Alex Len's obviously away from the team because he's, he's ill, but, um, like, a cop's going around the locker room and, and with all the travel and the weather and all of that stuff, um, that's certainly been something that they've had to contend with on top of just the difficulties of, of playing in the road on the NBA. So um, I think three and three would be an acceptable outcome. I think a successful trip would have been four and two probably because you, you probably don't sleepwalk through the through the New York game and you play a little bit better, more clean in the in the Philadelphia game. But no, three and three, I think you'd come away with it, I guess, satisfied if you're the Kings or maybe a Kings fan, in my opinion, whereas I think four and two, or better probably would have would have defined a successful trip in my opinion. Yeah. So what's two and four mean? <laughs> <laughs> two and four would be bad, particularly you know the Pistons losing Cade Cunningham, being the second worst team in the league record wise. That that would be bad. I would be very surprised if the Kings, um, if the uh, given given all the I mean I guess I shouldn't say surprised because stuff happens in the NBA and we did see the Pistons play the Kings pretty tough uh, when they came to Golden One a few weeks ago, but. Um, 
Yeah, two and four, like losing tonight, that would leave an awfully bitter taste in all their mouths, given that um, it, it seemed like such a stirring win for the team and morale and everything like that when they when they were able to beat Toronto uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a sign of where this team is right now as well, though, where people feel that way. And that's, yeah. not, a, that's not a bad thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's not a bad thing at all. I, I, I look at... You know, in a in a sense, I look at you know two four two and four in a vacuum and saying like that's eh, not the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't call it a bad trip, right? But some of that changes for me after what we saw on Wednesday. You had a, a great win against Toronto, um, you know, the best win of the year in my opinion. And you don't want to lose some of that momentum or some of that goodwill and good energy by losing to Detroit, you know. So whereas going into the the road trip if you went two and four and say you told me they beat Cleveland and lost to T- Detroit I'd be like oh that sucks but I wouldn't call it a bad road trip well after that win on Wednesday I mean that changes things you know for me personally it's like I'm gonna finish this thing off right here so you know I I, I want to see them close this thing out and be three and three on the six game trip yeah and you know when you go home you have a six game homestand coming up next and it starts with a very bit winnable game against charlotte and then you have a tough game potentially against the lakers uh and then washington who you also should beat and then back-to-back games against the nuggets and then the jazz which um you know they should beat the jazz but the nuggets games are going to be a, a good litmus test for where the kings are and so um, you don't want to be giving wins away with how closely stacked the the, the west is uh, you know, they lose a couple games that they shouldn't. And then all of a sudden, instead of the five or the six seed, they're they're 10 or 11th. Right. So they, they just need to you know, they're in the thick of it. It's really it's really closely packed in the West. And so they can't be giving games away against teams they should beat. And I would absolutely put Detroit without Cade Cunningham, who had surgery today to repair his shin injury. If he's if, you know, he's done for the year. Like if they if the king can't beat. Detroit tonight, then I think that would be a pretty a pretty bad end to, to what's been an otherwise reasonably good road trip. You are listening to D'Lo and KC on KIFM, West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX, QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, driven by Lashers, Elk Grove Dodge, always live on the free Odyssey app. Chris Biederman, kind enough to join us from his hotel in Detroit. Not only does he cover the Sacramento Kings, he covers the San Francisco 49ers as good as anybody else out there. And Chris, not since... Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Dan Marino. Has there been excitement about a young quarterback like Brock Purdy? <laughs> Chris, people are going crazy over. <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter what the internet was calling him last night. I, I that is not appropriate. Not my job. That is not, not appropriate job. at all. But <laughs> but everyone's all His in. His name is Brock Purdy. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Everyone is all in on Brock Purdy. They keep winning games. The 49ers clinch up the NFC West. Man, this this has to be one of Kyle's finest coaching jobs, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I you know, having been, I was you know on the beat starting in 2013. Obviously, been there the entire Kyle Shanahan era, Uh, and I think this is Kyle Shanahan's best coaching performance. And the and the fact that you know they can go to Seattle, a place where it's been really tough to win regardless of how good the Seahawks are um, to go to Seattle with your third string quarterback uh, and win that game the way they did. It, it felt a lot, it felt a lot more lopsided than, than the eight point score. Right. 
Um, so to me, like the fact that Kyle Shanahan is getting Brock Purdy to play at this level, I think it speaks more to Kyle Shanahan than Brock Purdy. And I asked around a little bit and, you know, the, the impression I got from somebody inside the building was that Purdy's kind of been the same guy, even since going back to college, like he can function. He's a functional quarterback. He can play with poise. He can run the plays. He can distribute the ball. He can make the necessary reads. Like that's always been the thing with him. And that's why Kyle Shanahan has liked him so much. And I think what you're seeing now is just a, like a mind meld of, of Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy in the sense that like Kyle's drawing up the right plays. Brock Purdy's executing them and he's got enough playmakers that um, that they can they can get what they need offensively. And, and you know, the Christian McCaffrey trade, like I know we've talked about it a lot, but they and the Niners did give up a lot, but they're scoring a touchdown more a game since, since they got him. And, you know, you think like, had they lost Debo Samuel and not had Christian McCaffrey and, you know, with Elijah Mitchell on IR again, had the 49ers gone into that game with Jordan Mason, an undrafted rookie as their starting running back and Brock Purdy, the, the last pick in the draft as, as their quarterback, it's really hard to envision them winning that game. And I know Jordan Mason has played well, but like, he's not Christian McCaffrey in, in terms of the value given to the offense with what McCaffrey can do as a check down option in the passing game and, you know, even create space for others. So the, the touchdown, the Hollywood touchdown um, where, you know, there's a fake both ways, like that, those types of plays sort of exemplify Christian McCaffrey's value because defenses have to key on that guy. And when you're running a fake screen to him, then defenses move and create space. And that's, that, that can be a way that you get George Kittle wide open over the middle. So um, I, I think it's it's a really impressive job by Kyle Shanahan. I, I do think he should be should at least be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Um, we haven't heard that a whole lot, I don't think. But um, you know, the I fact think that Nick the Sirianni final, probably has that locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Nick, yeah, I, I think that's fair too. But you, you know, like Nick, not Sirianni, that Kyle's not deserving. I absolutely believe Kyle Shanahan. I'm just deserving. saying he deserves to be in the discussion. Like I don't even know. You know, all the podcasts and stuff I read, like he. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really get any any chatter in the in the coach of the year conversation. And I would say he's probably top three, at least, mm-hmm. um, given the fact that he just won his division with a third string quarterback. So um, on top of orchestrating the Christian McCaffrey trade, looks which looks like a total boon for the 49ers right now. Chris. Oh, boy. I, I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to gloss over Brock, Brock Purdy. I'm not going to do it right now because I got to talk about what I saw yesterday after the game against Miami. Look good, solid, and mind you, this is somebody where you know when people were you probably heard people kind of I want to say clamoring. That's a little strong, but people were like, "Yo, I, I kind of like this Brock Purdy in the preseason," and I was like, "I don't see much there. I, I don't see nothing bad, but I don't see something where I need to see him in the game." But after the Miami game, I was like, oh, "That's cool." Tampa Bay, he made some throws where I was like, "You, <laughs> yo, what is that?" And I said, "I still need to see some. I need to see." What he looks like on the road, a hostile environment, short week. He's a little banged up. What does he do? And the way he handled last night, the way he handled, I, I, you talked about the double screen down the middle. That was phenomenal. You got the uh, the play where he slides on third down. You know, putting the ball, having the presence of mind to put the ball in front of his knee. All this other stuff. But the thing to me, and maybe this is just elementary. Maybe it is, Chris. I want to know what you think. But on the Kittle touchdown. The second one, he looks like Kittle is probably his third or fourth read. You know, he's going through the reads, and there is just this instinctual slide to the left that he made. It wasn't it didn't feel like it was taught to him. It didn't feel like it was it was something that he had to think about. It's something that 
somebody who's played a lot of quarterback just does. He's like, oh, let me get over here, make this angle, hit him on a dime. I don't know, Chris. I'm seeing things that 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 is just it's it's looking natural to him at the position. I don't know what it means. I don't know what he's going to end up being, but it's looking natural. I think it speaks to just his overall comfort level, right? And I think ultimately that's what's leading to the poise, and and that's what's been probably the most important thing is that he's not getting caught up in the moment and and playing too fast or. Um, getting over his skis like you hear Steve Young talk about he, he mentioned this with Jimmy Garoppolo I think last year when Jimmy Garoppolo was struggling that um, he thought Garoppolo was going through his reads too quickly and sometimes your mind can can you know you're so so focused on what you're trying to do that you think a little bit too fast and maybe you come off reads too quickly um, and Purdy's just like calm he's just calm he's poised and and it speaks to all this experience he had I know I mentioned it Last time I was on the show, but in so many ways, he's the opposite of Trey Lance in that Trey Lance is a super talented, physically gifted quarterback, but he simply hasn't played a lot. He had 19 college starts, and Brock Purdy is four. And everything you mentioned, the being able to move in the pocket, being able to keep your eyes downfield and staying calm, that's just a product of playing a lot of football. And so if, if he can maintain that, the floor for the 49ers is just that much higher because you know, he's not turning the ball over like the, he's not turning the ball over and the 49ers are moving the chains on third down. And that to me is the most important. Those are the most important indicators for Brock Purdy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see now in the playoffs, like when they play against better defenses, because obviously the Seahawks defense has not been great. Um, the Seahawks were one of the worst teams in the league defending the run and the 49ers did plenty against, against them in the running game. And that certainly helped a lot. Like, is it going to look the same when the 49ers aren't ahead of the chains? Like they mm-hmm. can't run the ball and Brock Purdy has to bail them out. Is it going to be the same when, you know, they, they fall down by a score or two and they need to come back and win a game on the strength of Brock Purdy's throwing arm? Like, is that going to be a situation that, that Brock Purdy can bounce back from? Cause like you, like, you know, I still have quite, I still have those questions. Like I, I think Brock Purdy now can do a lot of what Jimmy Garoppolo did, maybe a little bit more given the athleticism. Like Jimmy Garoppolo isn't scrambling for a first down and and beating a defender around the edge. That's just Mm -hmm. not part of Jimmy Garoppolo's game. And even like the Tampa Bay game, like you mentioned, making defenders miss and making some of those throws um, that that he made, you know, the one to Debo Samuel really stands out where he made a guy miss and and then hit him down the sideline for a big game. Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of plays like that where it just seems like Purdy is super comfortable playing football. Um, and that's just a product of the experience that he had coming out of Iowa State. And that's why he's so different from Trey Lance. And that's why this offseason is really going to be fascinating. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we have a playoff run here to, to think about. But um, Brock Purdy is certainly giving the 49ers organization something to think about in terms of what their quarterback situation is going to look like going into 2023. Well, looking at the very immediate future, what what do you, the NFC West belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. What, what, what do you think that means for the next three weeks? Seeding matters. Um, they're gonna they're gonna try to catch Minnesota for the number two seed, and I absolutely think they can. They're only a game back, um, or two games back. I, f- I forget. I need to look at the standings. Been in basketball mode, <laughs> but yeah, game um, back, game back. Uh, yeah, they're Vikings back. got three so, losses. Forty uh, nine have four. Okay, so yeah, they could catch Minnesota, and if they do that, that potentially means you know, a, 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 if they win in the first round, that they can get a home game in round two which obviously would be super important because, you know, when you have a quarterback like Brock Purdy, 
you'd ideally like to play at home where the weather is probably going to be more favorable than, than somewhere else. Although Minnesota does play in a dome, but um, Minnesota, I, I've been in that stadium. That place gets really loud. I think it's one of the more underrated home atmospheres in the NFL, but uh, they're, they're playing for seeding. They're going to try to get that home game in round two, assuming they can win in round one. So that's going to be really important for them um, because we saw, you know, in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, how important having home field uh, was for them in comparison to last year where, you know, they go down to L.A. And, and when things stop going your way in a road environment, it sort of feels like an avalanche effect where that doesn't really happen so much when you're at home. So when a, when a atmosphere gets charged up and things start going the home team's way, like we saw in the NFC Championship game against the Rams, it feels like it's a lot harder to come back and re- recontrol the game. Whereas if you're at home, it might be a little bit easier. So I think that's their focus. They want to get their guys healthy, obviously, but they're really going to prioritize getting the second seed in the NFC. Great stuff, Chris. I was just about to tell Chris, I ain't bringing Jimmy back for, for the playoffs. Two, two weeks ago, I was like, yeah, okay, Jimmy might be back wild card. Nah, I'm, I'm going to take my chance with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair point. Like, I think Brock, I think last night went a long way towards validating that point. The fact that he could go, regardless of opposition, go to one of the most hostile environments on a short week playing hurt um and get, put, play like he did I, I think that speaks volumes to you know what type of quarterback he can be um in, in a tough situation and, and yeah i think it speaks to like they don't they absolutely don't need to rush jimmy garoppolo back now because brock purdy seems like he's he's playing well enough to to keep the 49ers in these games and you know and potentially win some playoff games Chris, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks as always. Uh, Let's get that Kings win tonight and safe travels tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you as always. All right, Chris Biederman. Make sure you check out uh, Candlestick Chronicles uh, if you have not. Uh, Him and Kyle Matson, who, of course, will be with us um, in a a, a little over an hour for the ever-popular Trista Kyle crossover. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you check out their work again, Candlestick Chronicles. And then, of course, Chris's great work uh, covering the Kings. Uh, in the Sacramento Bee. We'll come back. We'll talk more about uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And interesting poll from ESPN regarding MVP voting. Okay. and Or MVP uh, votes. And I, I thought it was interesting. Not stunned by who's leading the way, but stunned by a few things I saw in there. Uh, we'll dive into that. Plus more Kings basketball uh, as we get ready for Trista at the top of the hour. Kyle Matson after that. James Ham coming up at Steeler and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. That beat ride. Let it ride. The beat that the Chatty House can't hear. <laughs> Chatty House can wait. I love them, but they can wait. <laughs> uh, Twitch.tv slash ESPN1320, YouTube.com slash ESPN1320. Uh, phone lines are open for you as well. 
uh, for the next 40 minutes or so. 916-909-1320, of course, once 2 o'clock gets here. Uh, all hell breaks loose and the eyeball emojis come rolling in. Tristan Brick, <laughs> uh, who's just a couple of weeks away from her visit now. Three weeks from today? I think so. Yeah, about three weeks. Yeah. Saturdays. Maybe four. Because 17, 24. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not as – yeah, They're you're right. Four it's weeks. four. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's my bad. Um, I, 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 in, 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 in our business, they call it a tease and I, and I set up our conversation poorly because I mentioned talking about the 49ers and, and Brock and Christian McCaffrey. And then I said, I read an article on ESPN about the MVP voting. Mm-hmm. That absolutely sounds like I was talking about the NFL. Uh, I was not the MVP voting in the NFL should be pretty clear. It's Jalen hurts. Love me some Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts is having a phenomenal season. It's part of the reason I feel like Nick Sirianni is going to ultimately win the the the, the coach of the year uh, as well there in Philadelphia, and rightfully so in my opinion. That team has one loss, and they look to me to be getting better by the day, like or better by the week. I, I that team I agree with you. they look good. I think significantly higher of that team with that one loss than I thought of them when they had none. I, they look they look really good. The only thing for me, and I'm not saying. They can't do it. I just want to see them with them lights. With I got you. Expectations. I, I I I got you, and I believe it'll be it'll be different. And we've seen it plenty of times in the past, where I, I've used Lamar Jackson as the example. Uh, you get into them like not everybody wins a Super Bowl their first year out there. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, Patrick did Patrick lose to Brady? Yep. Yep. You know, it sounds it sounds crazy, um, and I want to talk about the the NBA MVP thing, but I do think the Forty ers going to Super Bowl. Oh, hundred! I absolutely. It, it sounds crazy, absolutely. like with everything being considered with Brock Purdy. You know, as much as I like what I see, he still was the last pick in the draft. He's only played three games now, two and a half games. But, damn, but I think but, they can win the Super Bowl. But, and I understand it's the nature of the position. But I go back to Christian McCaffrey. Mm. in the way that he's played. And again, <laughs> that's all great. My energy has not changed. And I'm sure your yours hasn't either. But we you get caught up in talking about the quarterback position. I feel like you said this weeks and weeks and weeks ago. 49ers have a chance to win a Super Bowl and it's because of that it's because of Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and 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 Eric Armstead and that secondary and 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 D'Amico writes it's because of that defense that's what gives you the chest out confidence mm-hmm. that the San Francisco 49ers can win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. your confidence is heightened a little bit by hey you know Jimmy went you know four or five games playing really well oh Jimmy's out oh well this kid just walked in there and he's he he's doing what we need him to do it's back to the Patrick Mahomes analogy or or, or Lamar Jackson analogy you lose one of those guys, you can't replace them. With all due respect to Jimmy Garoppolo, he's replaceable. You know, there's there's an article up on our website right now about the you know the last couple of weeks have just shown that Jimmy Garoppolo is expandable mm-hmm. in this conversation. But if you believe the 49ers can win a, de- uh, a, a Super Bowl, it's because of that defense, uh, and there's uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, absolutely, and you know, we you mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show about uh, executive of the year. For John Lynch, two things with that. Number one, John Lynch absolutely should get the award. I think so. But let's let's I say let's 
he, this guy can't get the award, but let's keep the right. same energy. I know. Because it's it's, it's always – It's going to be left at Kyle's house. Yeah. <laughs> when it goes bad, it's, it's yeah. Kyle Shanahan. No, that's right. And and he get, he needs to get his yeah. props for this too, but also getting his props. And I actually – I'll say this. I actually think John Lynch – has a lot more to do with roster construction than people give him credit for. Okay, I think they, you know, they always put that on Kyle. Well, I, I think does in, it in particularly in the defense? Like, I this defense feels like the way he's built it over the last couple of years. It feels like him saying, "I'm going to do everything I can to make this defense look exactly like our Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has looked." And I think that's that's his brainchild. This, at the very least, the defense. Do you think it has more to do with that that narrative? Has more to do with final say than input? Maybe so. Maybe so. And like, like, do you think Kyle Shanahan has final Kyle Shanahan has final say on the roster? I think he does if he wants it. I kind of feel like I could be wrong, but I kind of feel like he's like, let me take care of the offense and what I want for the offense, and I'll let you do whatever you want with the defense. When it comes to personnel, mode. so how do you think the Christian McCaffrey thing goes? Do you think John? Hey, do you, do you think John takes that to Kyle, or do you think Kyle? Hey, go get me Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> He's get available. Me Gucci Mane, or or does <laughs> Lord, or does uh, does John Lynch? You know, make some calls uh, to his friends in 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 Carolina and go back to Kyle. Say, hey, we've got a real shot at at landing Christian McCaffrey. Here's what it will cost us. What do you think? Um, and maybe this is me nitpicking a little bit, but I think it's like that, and I think it's a meeting of the minds. Yeah, yeah. not John. But, like, oh, I want to do this. Let me ask Kyle for permission. I it's, feel like that's the way it should be. By the way, yeah. Re- regardless yeah. of of the dynamic between the two, and this dynamic, I think, is unique mm-hmm. because, and this part is forgotten. We're not picking on John Lynch. Mm-hmm. Kyle got the job, and John called him. Mm-hmm. That is a that's a he's basically calling Kyle Shanahan asking to be his boss. <laughs> like that's a that's a, it's that's that's a weird dynamic. Yeah. And in that situation, regardless of what your title is, you're not in charge. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, like, I, like like that's but I, I do think John Lynch probably has a little more uh a little more strength to this than I and many of us give yeah. him credit for. And, and the other thing I'll say about his candidacy of executive of the year is not only did he make a season saving move to go get Christian McCaffrey. And I always complain about how they don't go get these guys or whatever. So I can make the argument. They wait for the right moment and they know we need to do this. We sometimes we don't need to always go after Odell Beckham, you know, but we you, McCaffrey's available. Yeah. Yeah. We need to go do this. And they went out and got you, it. So there's that. Need, you don't need Odell Beckham. I know no. you really wanted him. You don't need Odell. Beckham. I don't know. But I saw that to say, McCaffrey's one thing. What slept on, in my opinion, two things probably slept on. Number one, after week one, John Lynch, in the middle of the game, it felt like the way it came out, <laughs> signs Dre Greenlaw to a contract right. extension. <laughs> and Dre Greenlaw is looking phenomenal. He's looking pro bowl, all pro worthy with the way he's playing. And you got him locked up. For another couple of years, that asks what this defense can be. And the one I think people forget, Charvarius Ward may be a top three cornerback in the game. He's really good. He has been as advertised Mm -hmm. from the day he signed. And he wasn't the number one defensive back 
or anything like that. He was, you know, maybe top five, top three. John Lynch made it a point to go get him, and he has been as advertised. He takes away the best receiver on the team. He follows the best receiver. He shuts it down completely. Like my man uh, Slim Dre said on Twitter, that really is my guy. And, and, and like 50 would say, when when Seven's out there, get the strap. <laughs> he locking up. He locking up. Okay, Slim Dre. Uh, <laughs> he'll join us Tuesday uh, here on T-Lo KC. You heard um, uh, Chris. You heard Chris Peterman mention this a, a, a few moments ago when he was talking about Christian McCaffrey how the offense has gotten better the, 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 the since, since the arrival of Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers offense scored 30-plus points once in the first seven games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done it three times mm. in the last seven. Mm. Uh, he's been he, – we – I remember that trade. You were I – I don't think you were here. You weren't here the day after no, McCaffrey I was, was going traded. To Jamaica. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got it, that it, in the it, airport, and I remember. <laughs> I was. That's crazy. I was like, "Wait, what was Kenny's reaction to Christian McCaffrey?" <laughs> I remember talking about the idea of Christian McCaffrey, yeah, and how we saw something at Stanford, particularly us here. The the, the people over there, they saw the highlights of Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. at Stanford. We saw him mm-hmm. at Stanford and his impact. I've said this a million times. You can't capture a play's impact on a highlight. Mm-hmm. You have to be living in that game to understand what it meant when Christian McCaffrey caught a pass that was good for negative two yards uh, and took it to the house and how that flips a game. That was an idea that we had really only seen once in the NFL, in, 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 in its totality. The, the, the I, Panthers are having a rough time. Christian McCaffrey's rookie year, getting him involved, and, and, and then the second year is crazy. And then you've got all of the injuries and in, 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 in the shortened seasons. The idea of Christian McCaffrey as a San Francisco 49er is a beautiful thing. Yeah, this is manifesting the guy we saw at Stanford in the NFL. Yes, and Kyle Shanahan deserves a ton of credit for that. Uh, the 49ers' offensive line uh, deserves a ton of credit for that. John Lynch deserves credit for that because it's a it's a unique component who can do multiple things that you throw out there with George Kittle, who had an All Pro game last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, when Debo's healthy, the 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 things that he can do, and then I believe his name is now Jawan Johnson. Uh, if you were listening to Kirk Herbstreet <laughs> last night, and uh, but but guys like Jawan Jennings and, and Brandon Ayuk and and what they could. <laughs> What they I was really hating the Amazon broadcast last night. <laughs> uh, what they can do to open things up for 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 Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Yeah, man. Uh, I know everyone's loving Brock Purdy right now, but I walked away. I walked away from last night's game on Christian McCaffrey. Christian, Christian's a game changer, man. He's a game changer. Hey, did you see? Um, did you see George Kittle uh, coming in the post game? And I think he had a shirt earlier with "Feels Great, Baby." Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's cute. They're trying to like keep him alive. Oh, like, don't do that. Like, like he's not. Don't like he, do that. Like, we that's we true. didn't forget you, Jimmy. Hey, You're he, a mean dude, he man. Ain't, he ain't playing for the Niners. No more. <laughs> you, no more. Barring injury. You hear it? We didn't see the last pass from Jimmy G. Imagine I go out right, and 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 Jason Ross comes in here, and 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 Kenny's like, man, Jason's really good. 
this guy's really good. And he puts a D'Lo and Casey shirt on one day, and and, and Kenny goes, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Jason's trying to keep D'Lo alive. You brought it up like a couple months ago, whatever. Niner fans never love Jimmy G. Y'all really don't. Y'all don't. Y'all don't. You didn't. No, no, no. no. You already tried. No, you guys did it. You you moved for Brock Purdy, all that. You guys never loved Jimmy G. Always Jimmy, get out of here. truth. This, that. Man, it's telling the truth. Yeah, you were talking about Jimmy. Oh, he can win a Super Bowl. Thanks, Jimmy, but you're it's the contract, and he can't stay healthy. No, you guys never love Jimmy. No respect. Wow. You did Jimmy, man. No, you don't. You're I such a Jimmy. liar. Stop, no, you don't. Stop that. Stop That's that. the way Kenny going to be talking about me. No, I love D-Lo. I, love, <laughs> I, I don't want his ass here no more. You don't but have injury him. issues. <laughs> You're here every day. <laughs> you know, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of Kenny. I am here uh, every day. Uh, let, let, let him wear a Jimmy shirt. Don't do that to Jimmy. He's part of this I team. Just, I just thought that was adorable. Like, oh, Jimmy. You're being so oh, we, condescending We still right love now. Jimmy. You're oh. such a jerk. Jimmy, we didn't forget you. Oh. Hey, Jimmy, you're still in our hearts. You ain't never played again. You ain't never played for us again. You ain't never thrown me another pass again. We, Jimmy, this, we couldn't have got here without you. Man, Brock Party, that dude now. At the very least, this year. <laughs> I don't know what's happening after that, but Brock ain't man, coming up. Man, this is up. the same dude who, oh God, God, man, wait. Just wait. <laughs> oh, my God! Just wait. In, 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 in wrestling, you can see the turn coming. Like, for those that were watching, there was a, I, I, remember, I remember when Shawn Michaels was – hitting on this girl at ringside in the middle of a, a tag match with the Rockers. And Marty Jannetty came to make a tag, and Shawn Michaels isn't there. And, and then there's moments where they're where they're not synced up, and it's and, 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 and Shawn knocks Marty off the apron. And, and, then comes, and then comes the barbershop. Super kick and thrown through the window. You can see things coming. This heel turn on Trey, Trey Lance is coming. It's not a heel turn. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's yeah. not a heel turn. Well, that's and that's that's. I'm glad you feel that way because every bad guy believes that what they're doing is right. The best villains believe that what they are doing is right. So I'm glad that you feel well, that way. Look, if, if the 49ers are. By the way, uh, for those who aren't watching. My man's dressed in all black today, <laughs> walked in with glasses on. Oh, he's ready to bury some of these guys. He's already buried Jimmy Garoppolo I, and I'm Trey. ready to bury them Seahawks. That's Trey, what I was Trey. trying to do last night, put them boys in the dirt. Trey, you're next, pal. Hey, look, if 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 the 49ers uh, hold the Super Bowl championship for two and a half years like Roman Reigns, well, hell, Trey Lance is just going to have to be Jimmy Uso. And he's going to have to beat him into submission until he says, he says Brock Purdy's the tribal chief. <laughs> After the Bucks game, Kenny said, "Oh no, Trey's still a guy." It took one one week, week. one more. No, week. it didn't. Took four days. Hey, look, man. shameful, four shameful days. behavior. Look, hey, I'm for the people in the video. Did you see when Brock was here? You, you and then he this went. Dude. <laughs> this is you've brought Bray. that up three times. Well, he was here. <laughs> Bang. Come on, man! I gotta be. I gotta be real, man. I gotta do my job. Trey wasn't doing that. Trey wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that. 
Hey, hey, look, look, look. Let me ask y'all the question. What do let me, I, let well, me I ask y'all the question. What to do with this? Let me ask y'all the question. Can Trey Lance slide? Trey yes. couldn't even slide. He couldn't slide. Jesse, you know, he said, I've never slid before. Amazing. See this? This is amazing. Yeah, I've never slid before. You're a turncoat. Yeah, wow. You are a turncoat. Hey, man. You have no loyalty. Hey, man. What you want, what you want me to do? What you want Yo, me to do? My this man dude is out here a balling. game and a half. And, you, and you've, you've hit him with a steel chair like, 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 like The Rock did to Mankind at the Royal Rumble. Let he said ask. he can't slide. He said Ben Straight because he can't he slide. He said he can't slide. You're... He said he can't slide. Let me ask you a question. Okay, let me ask, it, it, let me ask you a question. Let me ask both of you guys a question, everybody in the chat. You know I love Trey Lance. Stop doing that to me. But let's ask a question. At this point, at this point, they played the same amount of games in their career. Who's looked better? Oh, you can't be serious. You can't be serious. Ask me to ask. The, the, you, you, you're, you're asking me to compare Trey Lance, who played the first game and some change. I'm not talking. He's played more games than that. He played against Arizona. He played against the Houston Texans. Okay. Just answer the question. You don't want to answer the question. Okay. Brock Purdy has looked just, <laughs> just amazing. I'm, I'm just asking, who's looked better in their career? And and some of this isn't on Trey Lance. Like, Chris talked about it. I see it. There is just more football that has been played by Brock Purdy. You can't dispute that. No, that's that's not a dispute. So, so one of the one of the issues we, we talked about. Jesse and I were talking about that earlier. Like Trey's missed like three years of football. Yeah. So one of the issues with Trey is when he comes back, like he still wouldn't. Have, he still needs that time to play football. And do the Niners at this point, when you had Jimmy Garoppolo back there or Nate Sudfield? Yeah, I'm gonna just ride with Trey Lance. But do you have time if you're the 49ers? to say we're going to sit Brock Purdy, who is comfortable and is, is seasoned and played football, to give Trey his game. You're missing another part of this, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're purposely doing it or you just hadn't thought about it yet. Mm. They actually found a quarterback cheaper uh, than Trey Lance. Well, that is that is maybe the number one. Meaning if you, if you decide Brock Purdy is your quarterback of the future, and this conversation today is ridiculous, for the record, Having a conversation well, I, I just, about Brock Purdy as the future quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers is ridiculous. I just left it at Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't, I'm didn't. i not bringing in next year. You just hit Trey Lance in the head <laughs> with a steel chair. I didn't hit my boy You're Trey jumping up chair. and demonstrating slides. You look like Dak Prescott on Monday Night Football <laughs> twerking your hips around. Bro, he hit him like the Rocket Mankind like hip. 10 different what times. What are you doing? Y'all brought up y'all brought up Trey. I Casey, was talking about Jimmy. Casey. Let me tell you something about Kenny Caraway. He'll tell everyone who listen. He'll he he won't do another radio show with anyone but me. But let this man do another radio show with someone he like. He goes, yeah, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. I kind of like it. What do you want? Who? Who's better, Jason Ross or D'Lo? I don't know what you want him to say. Oh, man, you should hear what he says after J Street Vibes. No. Oh man, see, oh, wow, see? wow, wow. <laughs> They set me up. They set me up. Them damn hot mics. <laughs> the mic was hot. Which I was with. I was with Jason Jones every day. It's unbelievable. Hey, unbelievable. I love Trey Lance. I'm, but no, I am. No, but I am going to tell you. You know. You know. You, think you it's know crazy. What, you know you, what it means when you say I love somebody. 
What? I it's love the vote of confidence. No, that's what I love them. I stay that's, with that's my guy. That's what they say right before they trade somebody. No, I stay with my guy. Or fire and a I, coach. And I told you Trey Lance ain't getting, getting traded. But I will tell you this. This is a fact. This is a fact. That quarterback competition next week, next year, in training camp, oh, it's a real one. It's a real one. And I don't know how you choose. I'm going to just tell you this right now. I don't know how you choose. Bobby, help me out, man. 916-909-1320. What's up, Bobby? Man, these are great problems. Hell like yeah. Week three to this. <laughs> great problems. We're going from a high-end backup and Jimmy Jimmy the Myth to two 22-year-old battling. I mean, this is – and Casey, I got to say, man, like I keep trying to talk myself out of Purdy, but you cannot teach it. This dude has it. Like he is. Nah, he really. Moxie, that awareness. The moxie, he got like, the. He got. He got the feel. He got the feel. You're right, Bobby. He got the feel. I'm not saying nobody else has it. I'm just saying he got the feel. Fall in love with the first girl that 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 winks at you. I'm. T- I don't know what you want us to do with these performances. First girl that talks to you, just oh, I love her. Like, what? I don't know what yeah. you want us to do with these performances. The the pass the pass to Christian McCaffrey in the Bucks game. I'm telling you, man. Like passes have made. There's been some good things that have happened. I ain't seen a pass like that from the in a 49ers uniform in a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I take that back. Y'all can't even see him. I'm gonna put him on the screen. He just in there laughing. I take that back. Yes, he just in there laughing. I take that back. Talking like this guy's Joe Montana. It's been two games. I'm, I'm a t- look. There's sometimes when I, I'll I'll be wrong. If it comes back and he's a scrub, I'll be wrong. I'm just telling you what I haven't seen. Jimmy Garoppolo made one of these passes week one against the Minnesota Vikings to Dante Pettis. That pass was sick. That pass was nasty. I hadn't seen that. I've seen it two times now in about six years since, like, Cap. Cap had some sick passes. Cap had one 60-yard rope to uh, Vernon Davis in the oh. air. That was a missile. That was nasty. But that the Jimmy throw uh, to Tante Pettis week one 2018 and last week to Christian McCaffrey, I ain't seen those two in a minute, man. You got everybody scared for their jobs. You got you got you got everybody. Look, I'm I'm about to be replaced here any minute. Uh, Trista in the chat says Kenny will be like Trista's great, but Alyssa, she's legit too. We ain't even got an Alyssa. Look, man, both but but look, both of y'all stay healthy. Y'all stay healthy. Y'all ain't never got to worry about yeah, nothing. Kenny, you, you see that? You see the way he said that? Both of y'all stay healthy. Because if you don't, no, I say you do. This is what you do. You guys are like Cal Ripken. That's your ass. Y'all Mr. stay healthy. Postman. Y'all y'all do what y'all do. It's unbelievable. What a day. What a day. First the fat boys break up and now this. <laughs> I love how earlier too, Kenny's like, yeah, Brock pretty start. Trey, you can hang out though. You can still stay here if you Trey want. Trey gonna be here. We're gonna develop Trey. <sighs> whether he's a, no, I'm developing whether he's a starter or the back, I don't know. I'm saying we're gonna develop Trey. He's not going nowhere. He good. I just wanted to talk about what the MVP thing said. <laughs> I actually had something ridiculous to talk about, too, NBA-wise, that we didn't even get to. I didn't think what I had to say was ridiculous. Well, you don't have nothing to say, but what I saw was ridiculous. Yeah, that's on par for this time of year. Well, it was a perfect time to save it because Trista Crick's already in the chat, uh, and she joins us when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, CeeLo and KC, for now, on ESPN <laughs> 1320.
D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Uh, man, I, got a, I got a number five hanging in my closet, man. Yeah. Come on now, Boy, man. That was, that was a waste of a Christmas <laughs> present. Uh, sources close to I is from Twitter. Sources close to IMK Diddy indicate Brock Purdy is the future <laughs> and all other quarterbacks can go to hell. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Look, man, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy just went into a place that they haven't won. Well, they've won one time, one other time in like the last 11 seasons. Mm. Now the other person to do it was uh, Jimmy G. Oh, man. Why did you why did you hit Trey Lance with the Shawn Michaels? I love you. Man, come on, man. That wasn't even Trey. That wasn't even Trey. That was more Jimmy than Trey. Cold. Because I do love Jimmy, man. That's my guy, man. Shout out 10, man. Wish you the best. Okay. Well, <laughs> Trista Crick's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes, and I promise you, Trist- Alyssa will never replace Trista. Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa's legit, too. What do you want from me? You see the way she moved? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so I came across this article on ESPN <laughs> today. <laughs> no, Okay. All kidding aside, I thought it was interesting. It, it, the, the, it was about uh, they had they did some voting with like a hundred people for for ESPN mm-hmm. for the NBA MVP so far. Jason Tatum being the lead voting uh, vote getter wasn't surprising at all to me. Mm-hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo is second. It's pretty close. Not surprising. What I did find surprising is that Luca has already worn off mm-hmm. with some people. And Nikola Jokic doesn't appear to be in this conversation. No. So those two stood out because it, it, you know I think Nikola Jokic has played played well. Mm-hmm. Luca, they're hell bent on getting Luca that newly christened Michael Jordan trophy. Uh, another thing that that stood out, Anthony Davis. I think the only vote he got he got votes for fifth place. Shea Gildress Alexander got a vote. That's kind of crazy. Uh, and Joel Embiid, not not in the conversation. That's also kind of crazy. J- the, Joe was the one that surprised me the most. Steph's up there. Uh, Steph's before Jokic. Just I'll do if I'll, I'll just do first place votes. It was Tatum forty seven, uh, and they score it like they do the you know NBA voting, like mm-hmm. they score it the same way. But just in terms of first place votes, uh, Tatum was forty seven, uh, Giannis was thirty six. Uh, Luca was ten, Steph was six, and Jokic was one. Mm. No one else had any first place votes besides those four. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad Luca, you know, is starting to get the legit coverage that he deserves. In that he's a great ball player. He's an unbelievably skilled ball player. He does. He had this pass the other night where he was in the lane, mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. behind the back through <laughs> through defenders. Yeah to hit somebody's spot on in the corner. Like, the things he can do out there on the court is just nuts. It's crazy. But his style of play and the fact that his team is a 500 team, like, no, like, let's stop going crazy over And I keep saying, and maybe it's unfair, but I think his style of play is part of the reason why they're never really more than 500. Like it's great that he can do all those things, but do you think that roster is good enough for him for them to be? Well, there's that too. I don't think the roster's um, that good, but I mean, would he? He'd have to adjust if the roster was better. 
Is is he like if he doesn't play this way, are they even five hundred? No, probably not. Like if he then don't want it to happen, but if he went down like Steph went down, mm-hmm. they would crater mm-hmm. for sure. But I mean, they 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 only lost Jalen Brunson. Like it ain't like they lost uh no, Dan Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, no, I got you. So, you yeah. know, he he had the the same group of guys last year. Finney Smith mm-hmm. just got a big contract. Uh not maybe it wasn't last year, it was the year before, I think. Huge contract to do what he did. Reggie Bullock, who they don't even play anymore, he was out there. They gained Tim Hardaway Jr., who's played really well um, since he's come back. So he, I, he he not out there with scrubs. He not out there with scrubs. I think part of it is the fact that just that style of play. I don't think that's I don't think that's conducive to winning. And I don't know who's calling. I don't know how is. you. I don't, I don't know. know if that's Lucas' call, if that's Jason Kidd's call, Mark Cuban, like who. Is I, I don't want to put it on Luca like he's saying I can only play this way with the ball in my hands. I, he may not be saying that. Maybe kid is just like we're putting everything in your hands. Maybe Luca's like, oh, I wish I had somebody I could well, let, that, run the offense sometime. That's what I mean. Like what right now? It it it, 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 it this season. Like what's the alternative? Do you try to play a different way and get these? Do you try to find the next Jalen Brunson? Mm. Like do you try to? Do you do, do you tell Luca to pull back a little bit and see if he can find another you know find a Robin to get hot with him and have that duo or I mean do you even believe that that exists on the roster or do you hey look at the West man we stay around five hundred you you we're gonna run Luca into the ground trying to stay at five hundred which is that's tough well you know. And I'll answer the question. Maybe, maybe it's living in the past a little bit. I think the way they they play is trash. Like they do, they did it last year, and it ended up getting them to the Western Conference Finals. Still think it was trash. It's fine. They play five out, one on one. If somebody helps, you kick out to the three point shooter, and you know Kleba knocks it down because Rudy Gobert doesn't know what to do in a help situation. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I think that's trash. I think. I, and when I say going in the past, I think they should have utilized Porzingis more. I think that's the type of guy that could play with Luca given the opportunity. I don't think they gave him the opportunity. I thought they they had him purely as this stretch five instead of he's not the passer or nothing like that, but like the Kings use Sabonis. Get him, you know, fifteen feet away from the basket and let him make a decision to either, you know, shoot the ball from there, attack, you know, hit cutters, something like that. That's the type of player I think they need to go with Luka. I don't think it's another guard. I think it's somebody to give an in-out, inside-outside type option. Kells916 says, kid, not the right coach for Luka. Who the hell is at this point? Rick Carlisle was there. Rick Carlisle wasn't the right coach. Rick, Rick Carlisle looked like he's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if kid's not the right who is the right coach for Luka then? I don't and I don't know and that's where I don't want to put anything on Luca to say cuz he could be asking for help. He could be asking, "Hey man, let Christian Wood rock a little bit in this, man. I'm I'm gonna wear down like this is a, he could be asking, we don't know that. I don't, I don't want to say that he's a guy that's like I need the ball in my hands all the time else I'm a pout. I don't I don't know that about him. We kind of knew that about James Harden, so that was fair sure. to say about James Harden. Mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily seen that from Luca, so I don't want to put that on him. 
You're listening to D-Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, driven by Lasher's Elk Grove Dodge. Always hey. live on the free Odyssey app, live on Twitch and YouTube as well. Hey, this ain't Alyssa. <laughs> that is that is indeed not Alyssa. Uh, that is everyone's favorite from BetMGM tonight, BetQL, uh, Trista Crick. Trista, who's the who's the league MVP right now in your mind? I think it's got to be Tatum right now. Okay, yeah. I think that's right. I think the, the straw poll is pretty accurate. I do think, though, there's steam and it's valid steam because the world is really narrative-based and the line has moved because, you know, we, we look at these betting lines as a sort of a leading indicator of where things may or may not be and go. But – Zion was 66 to one. Yeah. He was 50 to one. Like I think right before the Suns game on that Thursday Mm -hmm. and he's 15 to one right now. Mm. So I would not be surprised if Zion got into the top three in terms of odds soon. Mm -hmm. I feel silly because I gave it out last week or two weeks ago and I was going to jump on the 50 to one when, when you're betting, you're like, do I want to do this now or do I want to put the money on it and wait all year? Could I, could I go another week? And it's like, no, you can't go another week, sweetie. It's gone. All the value <laughs> is gone. So 15, 15 to 1 is certainly better than like where some of the other guys are now. And Steph obviously done. Yeah. He doesn't need surgery, but he's not going to win the MVP now. He's probably going to be out till February. So with him being scratched out of it, and Luca, I don't think is going to win it, even though they want it desperately. You guys, I, are right. I feel like they soured on him though. They're, I think they're, I think they, I think people voters is who we're talking about might yeah. be getting over Luca's act. There's just a lot there. There's mm. just a lot in Dallas. There's just so many problems. And you made the mention of oh, before I came on, like if Jason Kidd isn't a good coach and Rick Carlisle isn't a good coach. Neither one of them have the best reputation in terms of how they run their ships. Mm -hmm. They both have the reputation of not being exactly player coaches, player friendly coaches. They've got their own little tyrant moves that they pull. You've got Jason Kidd going at it with Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. And I know Kenny, you said, well, you don't think that Lucas co-star should be a guard. That was what they were trying to do with with Christian Wood as a guy inside that he could feed. Mm -hmm. But it just isn't really working when you don't have – I think it's the system to a degree, the system being predicated on what Luca wants to do Mm. and what makes him most effective. He's really, really good. But how good he is also makes your offense sort of one-dimensional in how it can be built, especially when – and I actually do believe that there are a lot of scrubs on that Mavs team. But I don't think would get a ton of run, even in Utah. Like, I don't think Dorian Finney-Smith is getting much run, even in Utah right now. Hmm. I I mean, I understand what you're saying. But they paid him. They paid him like somebody that's not a scrub. And he produced. Like, Finney-Smith, on a on a really good team, put him on, um, I don't know, put him, on, put him on Boston, and he's a god out there. Put him on Milwaukee, and he's – you know, uh, a better version. Put him on Philadelphia, and he's a, a ten time. No, I want to say ten times, but he's a better version of PJ Tucker. And they're like looking at looking at themselves like winners right now. So I don't know if he's better than PJ Tucker. Wouldn't say that. PJ Tucker today, he is. 
Well, yeah, but not P.J. Tucker last year in that body of work or the uh, year before I'd that. I'd say two years ago. P.J. Tucker ain't yeah. been the same since two years. It's, but, I mean, it's I get what you're saying. the way it goes with role players on championship teams, right? Like mm. you put Nia, Nia Bialicia on the Warriors and all of a sudden he's amazing and Otto Porter and he's amazing and then Otto Porter goes to Toronto and has anyone seen or heard from Otto Porter since? Like that's no. the nature of a really good culture and a really good team with an awesome scheme and a generational player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were going to dead that, though. Nemanja and Bielitsa was not amazing on the Warriors. He had, like, <laughs> one good game, and their but whole you know media like, their whole media contingent player. lost their goddamn mind. Yeah, He had yeah. one good game. You're right. You're right. You're right. I have something What teams he play for now? Who he play for? Overseas. He I think he's is overseas. overseas. Can I ask a question? This is, like, so random. It, I that's might what actually we do. Be. Yeah, that's what we do here. We you just might ask. actually file a HR complaint on me. So oh, my. That's when funny. did you get ripped? Who? Oh, Trista started following me on. Oh yeah, come on, man. You know, you know what he do. Yo, what? You know what he do? He's thirst trapping. I didn't know Damien had thirst traps. Yeah, no, those are those are those are strong thirst traps. Yeah, like no, nah, like no. Nah, fitness has been a part of my life for years, but the why you wear such baggy sweatshirts? You should not wear those. Well, show it off. It it is oh, no for sure. It's it's thirty degrees outside. <laughs> first of all, second of all, even though the building is essentially empty, there there are probably still certain dress codes I should follow while while coming into the studio. Hey, I'm not hey. saying you shouldn't wear a sweater or that you should be showing your pectoral muscles. I'm just saying the sweater should be tighter. Hey hey, Damien, I, I don't want to hear that. Thirty degrees don't stop the baddies. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Thirty That's degrees true. don't stop the baddies. <laughs> indeed, indeed, they uh, they do not. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this. You don't have to respond. Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is like a transformation or this was always no, the case. No, no, I've been, I've been, I've been into fitness for like 20 years, but I that. The thirst traps that you're speaking of. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I uh, I, I made the decision. I was like, I need to do a, a photo shoot before this all goes to hell. So I worked. I, I worked for like 12 weeks to get into oh. to, to shape for that for for that uh, for that shoot. So just to shoot for you, just for yourself. Yeah, I was like 38. I was like, I I I could pull this off. Like, I want I, w- I want to do it and. Now I'm 42 and I'm gonna do it again. Let's go. You on that, Kenny? You guys gonna do it together? Nah, man. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to do. All, I don't need to do all that. I, I I need to get in better shape. But Kenny's like, I don't got what you. Proof. What you. What you need to do to get where Damien is was whatever the case may be. That's a, oh, that takes is. a lot of like time. is. I, no, 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 yeah, no, okay, I'm there. Don't like, front no, on no, that no. boy. No. Don't front on that no, boy. Like yeah, I, I don't like. I took some pictures and then all of a sudden lost. No, no, no I'm good. <laughs> Well, you said you did it for twelve weeks. Yeah, and then so, you but but, get back but like to it. the thing was like for the twelve like I was in good shape at the start of the twelve weeks, mm-hmm. but to do that, he wanted to be like a superhero. Yeah, I, I wanted to look like a defensive back. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted I wanted to look like a, no, you, a, a, a defensive back. You got You got to do a lot of a lot of training. You got to eat a certain way, and I need to eat better. And I'm going to train, but I ain't going to do it like that. I'm good. I'm good. Like I'm the, the only thing I'm I need to do right now. A, a big eye emoji, and I didn't know that everybody on Instagram would know what I was doing. <laughs> and then I was like, let me just stop. I, I only, the only thing I need to do is stop drinking coffee as much as I do. Okay. And so for, so for those that are new to the program, Trista, uh, what's your coffee order? 
Uh, it's a tall white chocolate mocha with an extra pump of white chocolate. Oh, so you mean just sugar and sugar and sugar and a little coffee. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't drink coffee. You drink Frappuccinos. Like, you drink ice cream <laughs> and that's been that's been sort of packaged as a as a morning beverage. Yeah, man. He drinks know, a caffeinated milkshake. I, 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 cut, yeah. I, cut, I cut that out a little bit. You know, get this little muffin top that I got going on off of me that's all i really need i just i just need to look um i just need to look good in my clothes in the summer that's it because you know i like to wear them slim so you do you 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 you, you are slim yeah you do you 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 do wear the slim gear i don't know how to transition you do it we can just transition anywhere let's just go wherever i don't know how to i don't know how to go back from my (laughs) thirst trap picks to uh you know kyle kyle by the way he'll be on soon kyle lost me some money last night oh Yep. Well, how'd he lose you some money? He gave me a prop that I blind tailed and put it inside of a parlay, mm. prop parlay. And instead of winning six to one, I I won some other money on some other things. But Kyle Uzcheck, let's just say this: he was not involved, and that was one of ah, his favorite plays. Damn. Mm. I so, get. But look, Krista, um, you gotta listen to me. I gave you the bucks last week. Everybody was a little apprehensive. I said they're about to blow the brakes off the bucks. That's what happened. That's what happened. I've been hot this year. Been hot. When I was doing Friday picks, Cash Careway, I finished at like 18 and 8. You know, when I was um, younger into the game or whatever, I would do like a crazy parlay for um, kids in the office. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I would do a crazy parlay. Thank God I got my shirt on today. Like, <laughs> be, be for for each week of bowl season. And one time I did a I did one of those crazy uh eight game parlays, put ten dollars down and was gonna win like it was maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was like four dollars. And I was gonna win eight hundred dollars and I hit all seven. Now this was before I was like a you know, seasoned gambler. You know, on, on the on the books, and it got to the last game. I got to the last game. Obviously, you hedge at that point, right? Like you hedge, so yeah. you make sure you come away with nothing, any something. I didn't do anything. It was, and you may remember this game. It was Clemson, West Virginia, in the Orange Bowl. Oh yeah. I think I had West Virginia. My God, Geno Smith let me down. I think they lost seventy to seven. My wow. God, was that the score? <laughs> yes. Oh my! No, goodness. literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Clemson put seventy on their head. Damn. Rough. Hey, who's paused on your TV behind? It looks you? like SZA. SZA. Mm, oh, okay. I know SZA anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a cold that's a cold <laughs> album. Like SZA is she? It's a little. Here's the thing: it's hard to listen to and work because it's so like she somebody did it wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm not in that space, as you guys know. Nobody's done me any wrong. Like I'm, good. you're the one doing know. the wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> the heartbreaker. Like I'm the reason people make these albums. I'm not the one that's listening to them. So it's hard for me to relate to it. But it's it's <laughs> Come on, man. How do you have that? Just like what you mean? You didn't think I was gonna have this? Stay ready. Uh, 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 eternally on the board. Come on, baby. <laughs> You know what it is? It's stay ready. Oh, yeah. I like the ball. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Heartbreaker right there. (laughs) Trista on the chain. So the album is good, but it's like, it doesn't, it's a little more lower tempo than I would expect from her. 
Nah. Is that your vibe? Is that what you listen to? Or are you or like what 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 like what's your what's your playlist look like? Man, it just depends on what I'm doing, and it depends on the mood. I love obviously I love old '90s hip hop, even stuff like. If I really want to just be happy, I listen to old Mace. Like I mm. love old Mace. My boy. Just fun. Nothing's going on. Take it out of your brain that there was some weird stuff going on with him and Diddy. Just like take that out of your mind. <laughs> yep, yep. Just focus on the music. Old like Harlem World. Old. Yes. Harlem World. Problem with these guys. Ooh. Yeah. Double Up was good. Double too. Up is a fun record. Like that. That. Yeah, that, is. that. Especially the single. Like that's a. That's well, a fun record. just the single. Yeah. Yeah. The, the album up. as a whole is a little yeah. sketchy, but there's yeah. a couple of good ones. Yeah. Just a couple of them, but it. I was, one, yeah. I was disappointed. I was disappointed in Double Up. I was looking forward to it, and I was disappointed. It all kind of went down after Harlem World. Yeah. It nothing, did. It nothing did. really World ever was popped up. Fire. He had to take like a little hiatus and then he became like a pastor. So that was like the whole thing. So I'll listen to old school 90s stuff a lot. I'll listen to a bunch of R&B, like new R&B, SZA, Summer Walker type vibe, that vibe. Mm-hmm. I listen like, I, I'm going to admit something. Uh-oh. I listen to a lot of Drake. I do. I oh, love, if I just need something mindless. That just feeds my happiness. I said this to a friend. I don't think anyone's ever been murdered to Drake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody ever has that level of rage in their heart where they go and they play Drake and they're like, yeah, I got to I gotta take him out. <laughs> Drake will like, never be used as a defense like Tupac was. Like, oh, yeah. my client was fine, but he was listening to Tupac, <laughs> so he went and killed somebody. Yeah. And no Drake one's ever going to go, was, yeah, yeah, listening to Drake and... Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he was going up to the hotel lobby, and then he's <laughs> hitting another one that goes green. You know, he's not, he's just, <laughs> must <laughs> change phones on the team. <laughs> I love everything about Drake, except for how toxic he is. It's a wild boy. He's a little toxic. It's a he's wild a wild boy. boy. His lyrics, though, I know he's not known for his lyricism, but for me personally, there's a lot of, of lyrics that pierce my soul and i'm like yes that is exactly especially when i was at barstool there was a lot of drake lyrics that i was like yes you say you say he's not known for his lyrics he should be that boy he should be bars he has bars bars nobody puts him up though as like top lyricists because they always come with that whole you know does he write his own stuff because quentin miller wrote the hook one time for a song now all of a sudden he don't write his own lyric that sounds crazy Sound crazy. No, What's the one on the? Because uh, he's light skinned What what, what light skinned rapper ever got love? Take Cole. He's like medium. Yeah, Take Cole is uh, medium. Take yeah, Cole lighter than you. Take Cole got dreads. Take <laughs> like Cole got dreadlocks. He don't count. He don't count. Probably because he's too pretty. Like people find. Oh, he sings. Like everybody he got sings. an excuse That's to why you don't pay attention it's, to it's the singing. The Drake's lyric. Every if once in a while, drop the a bars. Ball. If you're reading this, it's too late. Like I love that album. What's the joint on the last on the on the last album in the middle of uh middle of the Atlantic or whatever? Uh, he lost his mind on that on that song on this, her lost certified album. lover boy. So the, many bars on that. The, that the thing is, I never desire to listen to Drake. Like I won't get in the car and go. You know, I want to listen to Drake. That's that, the that's immediately never thing happened. I do. I'm like Siri, play Drake. That's me. <laughs> that never Siri, happens. Play Drake. 
That has never, ever once happened to me. What's your go-to? Like, what on my car ride, if I'm like, let's step into the D-Lo zone, what's it going to be? (laughs) Uh, We're in the D-Lo car right now. It's probably Hove. Okay. It's it's, it's probably Jay. Like, it, it depends. Like, it's... It's in the house, though. It's either Jay or Beyonce. It's one of those two. And Jay's probably on the records with Beyonce that I'm listening to. But if I'm if I'm in a if I have a I have a whole playlist that I put together that has two distinctive parts that I'll go to. Mm. It strings together Hove and Rick Ross, mm. song after song after song, mm-hmm. and then there's the Hove and Beyonce stuff. So normally I I, I go to Jay. Mm. I think Beyonce is best with Hove. I think Beyonce by herself is Don't say nothing too, crazy. Don't say nothing crazy, Tristan. Don't say nothing crazy. It's too soft for my ears. Like a <laughs> lot of ballads. I just don't really mess with ballads. It's just not me. I like, I want a beat. <laughs> I want it. That's uh, That's believable. <laughs> Trista, Trista don't want no ballad. She she don't want to hear. She don't want to hear your stupid ass love song about your broken heart. She don't no, want to hear like that. Give me a beat. Out with Halo, I like the Mike Posner version of Halo better. Like I, 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 like, really like, Halo I like that more. I, I mean, I shouldn't say I didn't like well, it. She but sang I don't it to Vanessa. To now I don't ever want to hear it again. Yeah, no, and, no, no, no. and now that song is synonymous with the Kobe Bryant funeral for me. I don't ever want to hear it again. But cuff it. I'll put that record. <laughs> Cuff it. <laughs> I, the love, whole, I love Break My Soul. That whole album, to me, the Renaissance album Filthy. needs to be played beginning to end. Gee. That's how Filthy. you listen to that album. Is you, you, you just oh, also, I go crazy for Rihanna. My oh, like spirit great. animal, Rihanna. I love Rihanna. Riri. Needed Me? Needed Me is like Ooh. my jam. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics in that. And you know she's saying it to Drake, so you know it's made for Drake. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I love Riri. Yeah. I love, Did you guys see how insane he is, by the way? With 42 diamonds? He's lying. You see this? That's not true. He said he, well, <laughs> that's what he was on Twitter. 42 <laughs> diamonds on a necklace for the 42 times, 42 women he contemplated asking to marry him, and he didn't. <laughs> Drake, Drake, is there anything Drake be throwing anything out there, man. He, he lying, man. Who thinks about 42 women that you would marry? Well, when you listen to Chicago Freestyle and he's like, that's crazy. You're, you're getting inside and he just literally touched down, goes to the hotel, goes, takes a shower, goes to the club, finds some girl in that area code, <laughs> takes her on a shopping spree. She obviously is like in love with any <laughs> random woman that you take on a shopping spree for probably 20 grand. Probably gonna treat you pretty nice. He's like Kenny with quarterbacks. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like Kenny with quarterbacks. Yes. The same thing. Exactly. Hey man, I'm in search of who's gonna bring me that number six, man. See, that's that's what it is, man. He's like and really I think, like I think Trey net. could do it, but I don't mm, know. I'm starting to yeah. feel like Brock might be able to just, do it. Just we're gonna get Kenny a, a necklace with, with with 42 diamonds <laughs> in it. Have you ever contemplated getting married? Have you ever been close to getting married? I got asked. I dated a guy who's the valedictorian of my college. Okay, I'm not going to make Kyle wait. We're just going to bring Kyle into this. He <laughs> should, he through, should be a part through, of this. Kyle. Hi, friends. Kyle Yuschek. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's a yeah. yeah, that's a person. That's a person. You know what time it is. Sore subject. You know. Sore <laughs> uh, so he and I dated for like two and a half years. 
And my mom was the really the one. Me and my mom are super close. And I was always dating dirtbags, like really suave, very into some shenanigans, very, you know, the type. They're, they're always coming up with some slick line, and you know they're never in, interested in doing what they say. Drake. But that was, like, kind of fun. You know, that was kind of fun for me. And my mom sees him in our – there was, like, an alumni magazine – and she's like, who's this guy? Like, he's so great. Blah, blah. I want him to be my son. Blah, blah. <laughs> so we we stayed friends, me and this guy. And I told him about it. And that en- ended up actually getting us to date. And my mom encouraged it because she was like, you should, you're going to break someone's heart or you need to just get with a nice guy. So we dated for like two and a half years. And he was pre- hard pressing for marriage. He bought like, and kids bought a bunch of Harry Potter books in a, in a like volume. Cause for our kids that we did not have, <laughs> we, he moved, he, he convinced me to move from Arizona to Portland. We moved in together. Mm. We were together almost three years. Mm-hmm. And then swear to you, like swear to God, my mom's life, his aunt passed away. We had not fought his aunt passed away and he came back from the funeral Got on the couch. It was probably like 11 p.m. And he was like, you know, I don't want to be dating anyone anymore. What? After all of that. Like, I want to marry you. I've got books, kids' books on the shelf. You've met the family. We live together. I've moved you out. Seven, eight months into us moving together. And now we're watching the hills looking at whatever who and so and so breaking up and he just was like yeah i can't do this so you were so you were ready i don't know i mean how ready could you be at like 24 you know not a young that's not yeah you cannot be ready ready. but you can think you're ready you can think you're ready and so we were together then and then i dated a guy right after that who my mom hated considered him a massive rebound and he (laughs) He, yeah, she told him to his face, like, you're, you are literally my daughter's rebound. I still have the old guy's Christmas stocking. And she threw it at him, threw the stocking at him with the dude's name on it. And he's like, oh. Wow, you guys had that. You guys had the stockings with the names on it and everything. Yes. Yes, my mom loved him. So then we dated. And then actually, I had to do, he was a Muslim. So I went out to London to go to his sister's graduation. And the only way I could stay in the house with his family is if we did a like fake wedding. So I had, there was a shake there. I had to say some things. I didn't mean any of them. He didn't mean any of them. There was a dowry. There was like a fake ring that got put around my neck. <laughs> oh man! So I'm technically married. Are you, you're married by Muslim law? You're married by Sharia law. I am probably still married. He could come after me, and I mean, he has another wife now and kids. It's a crazy story. Yeah, he was also it is a crazy like, story. He was also like closeted, you know. And didn't want to. Yeah, there was a lot there. There was a lot there. Needless to say, you guys, since then, I haven't really been in a in a real relationship. That was in 2014, 15. So it's been a minute. I've been just uh, playing playing the field since then. Looking at thirst traps, double tap, double tapping, giving people the big eye emoji. Yeah, it, it's all it's all making sense now. Just. <laughs> 
It's just, oh, it just all comes together. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Kyle has been trying to get a, a, a word in. That Kyle uh, uh, married this year, by the way. <laughs> Shout out. Thanks. It actually married. Not not fake married. We live together and stuff. Well, I did the ceremony, so there probably is some sketchiness <laughs> yeah. involved in it. <laughs> did you really? I did. Yeah. It was my official. Wow. Do you are you qualified for that? Kyle he said I was. He is now. I got <laughs> I got, I got sent some paperwork and Kyle said, Hey, can you come read this? And I read it. Why did you ask him to do that, Kyle? Because man, that's a lot. Uh Damien is one of the people I care about the most in the world, first of all. And uh, he was a significant factor in my wife and I getting our relationship to go to a level where it was like, oh, we're ready to get married. Are you, uh, do you have like some some psychologist in you, Damien, where you br- brought them together? You had a meeting of the minds. There was no, nah, like- he let me rent his condo. <laughs> <laughs> See, I look, was gonna ask so, there were, so, so there just just before we leave this. This notebook that I write in every day, I got from Kyle, and the note that him and Heather wrote me is it's gone to hell, but it's wow. it's still that here with it's, it's still here with me every day. Yep. So there's a couple things. One, you said you dated like was the word you use suave or swanky suave suave yes yeah, smooth dudes who are into shenanigans. That sounds like Damien. First of all, that was the first thing that popped into my head. The second thing is, is it bad to have all the Harry Potter books? <laughs> Well, it depends on I to tell you. <laughs> I have tattoos. Multiple. Where are they? The forearm. Uh, on my forearm. Yeah. yeah. I'm of not who? taking my hoodie off for that. Of who? Uh, I have the Elder Wand on my uh, on my forearm there. You can kind of see that. And then the last word of the books is, uh, the last sentence is all is well, or all was well, and that's uh, on the inside of my forearm with a little lightning bolt above it. So, man, you've been shaped by Harry Potter yes. to the point where you're willing to get ink on it. Dramatically, yes. <laughs> how how could Harry Potter shape a human this much? <laughs> um, man, now you're getting into the psychology stuff. This is not interesting to anybody. All right, we'll talk we can about talk it later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also great that we're having this discussion with a man who's wearing a, a shirt with Mickey Mouse on it. Got a Mickey Mouse tattoo as well. <laughs> this man he doesn't care what he puts on his body. I he don't give a damn. No, no bar. Like if I get something, I have my my grandmother's handwriting on my arm mm-hmm. from a letter but you just put anything on there doesn't janet jackson this is the ribbon color for the cancer that killed my grandfather <laughs> okay right um luka, luka doncic is uh, not envy <laughs> I don't know if you can play with that guy, to be hey. honest with you. Well, I, I don't think Kyle was happy about my Nemanja remarks either. Just taking shots at, first of all, NBA champion Nemanja Bialica, if we're being formal. Secondly, let's not act like we all don't have eyes and watch him lock up Jason Tatum in the finals. Right. We all saw this. There's no need that to happened. talk about John Dickinson that way. He did have a broken <laughs> wrist. What'd you say, Kenny? John Dickinson was the one on opening night that was like, I can't believe the Kings let go of Bielitsa. Oh, he wasn't this is how one. bad franchises stay bad. John didn't do that, did he? <laughs> he did. John's my guy, though. That's my boy. John texted He me. wasn't alone like, no, like all of Warriors Twitter was doing. Nema- Nemanja Bielitsa figured out how to play with Steph very rapidly. So it was like, oh, wow, this guy's a game changer. And then as other people start to figure out how to play with Steph, it's like, oh, Beelis is not very good. 
Right. <laughs> he's just a guy. JD and really is my guy, though. I'm, I, I, I use his name because that's my guy. I love Dickinson, yeah. too. But he did text me in the middle of all of our Kings our, our Kings pandemonium, and he goes, are we sure that the, the Kings are any good? And I was like, yes, I think that they're pretty good. And he goes, or are they just fun? And I was like, you know what, John? You're going to make the pod. I, I, I love – no, no, no. I love Jorge JD. No los dos. Yeah. One more again? Good and fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Why not both? J, uh, JD low-key hater, though. I think John knows that. John, John, John knows he's so. a hater. I don't know, man. Yeah, JD, low-key. I don't know, man. Okay, he's a high-key hater. He a hater? Yeah. All the Warriors, I don't got he, that vibe. I, he was, I think he was hoping that they would lose – so the team was forced to make decisions that were difficult instead of paying Wiggins and Poole. He was rooting for chaos, a thousand percent. <laughs> Maybe that's what he roots for. He roots for chaos. I wonder, chaos. I wonder if this is what BetQL had in mind <laughs> when, 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 when they set up this weekly visit with Trista. I know you guys should hear the, the, the hits on Rochester and Buffalo where they literally quiz me about every sport and every game and every line under the sun in rapid succession. And then mm. I just have to spit all these facts out like an IBM supercomputer. Ain't nobody IBM. here for that. Ain't nobody here for that. We're no. here. We're, we're we're here to talk about your Muslim marriage. That, right. <laughs> that we're not sure if it's legal yeah. or not. The good thing my mom Over. knows because for three four years after that I didn't tell her, and I like after we had already been broken up and like everything had moved on and I still hadn't gotten all my stuff. She was like, "Yeah, whatever happened to to that?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know we we actually got married uh, <laughs> under the under Sharia law." And she's like, "Wait, come again." <laughs> Oh, yeah, over the, under half a marriage for Trista. <laughs> uh, under, I don't see it happen. I don't see Trista. Yeah. You, you can't tame yeah, a Trista Crick. Uh, you can't tame oh, a no. Trista Crick. I think Trista gonna meet somebody. Trista's you gonna do? meet somebody. I'm gonna go over. Are you gonna Are you gonna set me up? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's problematic. You live pretty far away. Yeah. yeah. So she'd move back. She'd move back for the right guy. We got Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Gotcha. It's a Zoom relationship. Why not? Gotcha. Who knows? Maybe it's a member in the chatty house that's just sitting there I'm sure. eligible. This, this, this love connection episode is so much better than asking Trista Here about the, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. <laughs> the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Who cares about that? Go I do dogs. think it's dope that Fenway is doing a bowl game. I tried to go. I wanted to make it, and it's tomorrow at 11. If it was in the evening, I would have really tried to go. You going to the Pinstripe Bowl? I'm not going to any bowl games. Okay. I was trying to go to the Warriors-Grizzlies game on Christmas, and now that is kaput because Steph is out. You know what You know what game is is weak? I was looking at the schedule. It's fact. This game between the Niners and Cardinals is trash. Mad trash. You're ridiculous. <laughs> You're ridiculous. And it's it might, probably going to rain, too. And it huh? might, that's right. It might rain that day. It's probably going to rain that day. <laughs> Tyler's not playing. It might be we should find weather. something way more fun Tristan, to do on that stay, Sunday. Stay in Sacramento with us. We'll find something well, to do. We'll, we'll watch the game see, somewhere. I'm going to try to also get the head of social for BetMGM to come out, and we can show him a time, too. He can capture some content. So we'll oh, see yeah. if he can pop in and pop out. Pull up. Yeah. yeah we see. always be contenting. <laughs> always be contenting we'll have to make it happen all right kyle well thank you for that uh prop play that destroyed my night i did i took damn
I no, never blind tail either, but I was like, now. this guy writes for Niners Wire. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was like, she was like, hey, what do you like tonight? Hey, I gave you a full breakdown on why George Kittle was going to have a huge night. Yeah, he did. he did do that. And then I threw in, I was like, yeah, hey, I didn't mean throw the Kyle use check over on a parlay. It was just, <laughs> you said I always on. play it. You said I play it every week. That's your I said I like it. Prop. <laughs> We, got, we can't go back into the DMs oh and go through the delete. Yeah, your DMs could be a I'm sketchy place now. to jump into, too. We should be careful. <laughs> we should be careful. Hey, you also give you the under. We're, 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 you're, you're, you're off the next two weeks. This is the, 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 oh, or no, next not two for Fridays. You guys. No, not for you guys. You okay, coming well, on Batty Thursday? We're off the next two thir- uh, Fridays. Oh, are, you, are you guys, what, what, are you guys off? What's your schedule like? We're off the next two Fridays just like you are. You got to come on Batty oh, Thursday, okay. Tristan. What's this? You guys have the Drake bars? What's the deal with this? I don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. After every Kings win, we, well, it started off with every Kings win, I rap. And then the Kings started winning too much. And I said, I'm not a rapper. So now, anybody out here who uh, got bars. Now people who actually rap uh, make videos, tag us on them, and we play them on the show. And sometimes sometimes I still get in there. I still get in there. I I ain't retired. You know, I just do a compilation album as opposed to. Can you imagine if Trista dropped some bars, if the Kings got a win? Trista, if if they went on Friday, if they went tonight, there's an opening for Monday. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. Let's go. It has to be clean. It has to be a Drake beat. It has to be a Drake beat over a Drake beat. And then do whatever you want after that. All right, we'll we'll have to see. No promises. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. Whoa. Have a happy holidays. You too. You guys are the absolute best. And really, on the tail end of the holidays, January seventh is right around the corner. That's the real holiday. Can't wait. That's the real Christmas. That's the, holiday. that's the real Christmas. You guys are the best. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Can't wait. All right, talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Trista Crick, Kyle, Matt, hey, Candlestick Chronicles, ninety-five-seven, the game, curator of vibes. Have you lost your mind with Brock Purdy too? <laughs> Low key, a little bit. <laughs> no, so, so I said this on the on the pod on Candlestick Chronicles, and I think it's it's just where I'm going to live with Brock Purdy because there's not a ceiling right where he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Like that's just not that's not. Oh, real quick pause. I learned a new word last night oh. that the youths are using. Oh, okay, and I have been using it like crazy today. Uh, Duffy. <laughs> Debo Samuel posted Duffy. before the game that Brandon Ayuk was going to be in his Duffy, mm, like his uh, duffel okay, bag. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't gotten that one yet. So okay. I'm using Duffy a lot. So if I use that today, <laughs> that's where it came from. But Brandon Ayuk, or not Brandon Ayuk, but Brock Purdy's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, right? But can he lift the floor? Because that was always the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like the floor, could they get him? where he could have a bad game, but their defense could still carry them to a win. Mm. And the problem with Brock Purdy was, okay, his floor is way below that when he first came in. Mm. He's like, man, his floor is like Nathan Peterman, right? Like, that's just kind of where it was. Yikes. Well, now it's – but he's the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, and never thrown a pass in the NFL. Like, But then, okay, he looks okay against the Dolphins. Okay, that floor goes up a little bit. And now he's gone on the road, short week, at Seattle, Chris is talking about it earlier. Hostile environment. He's hurt. He didn't practice all week. Like all these adversities that should derail a quarterback, and he still played pretty well. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great, but good enough that it's like, yeah, their defense can can win if the quarterback's going to play like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point now where I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think this is just kind of who Brock Purdy is. 
I'm not on this like, oh, next year he's going to be QB1 because I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, I'm not there. But mm-hmm. I am at the point where it's like, yeah, the Niners can make some noise in the playoffs. I wouldn't mm-hmm. bet on him to win the Super Bowl, but I'm certainly higher on him now than I was three weeks ago. Yeah. Kyle, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic here. I, the only the only proclamation I did say is Brock cautiously my ass. I am. I didn't give. A, I said all I said was the the quarterback competition next. You uh, damn near drove Trey Lance to the airport. See, that's what the media wants you to think. That's that is not what I did. The only thing I did say, and I I, I, I did say this, Jimmy. Thank you for your services. I know you're going to try to rush back for the playoffs. I'm willing to take my chances with Brock Purdy at this point. I saw a lot yesterday, and, and Kyle, tell me, tell me this. Maybe, it, maybe it's just a, you know, an elementary football mind, um, some thought, right? But the pass to Kittle, number one. I've been talking mm-hmm. about it all day. Number one, it was looked like it was about the third read. It wasn't his first read. The second touchdown. Yeah, the second touchdown. That's right. Yeah, yeah. About his third read, went through his progressions, sees Kittle getting open, and then I don't know, am I seeing things? But he was in the pocket. And he made this subtle just ah, ah, back into his left that gave him a different angle, cleared him of a couple things, but it was instinctual. It wasn't Mm -hmm. robotic. It was, I've been playing football. I've been playing quarterback for so many years. I know I make this little slight movement to get this throw off the way I want to. That that alone spoke volumes to me. And And the fact that he didn't miss the throw. Shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo, but how many times has he missed that throw? So you know, I don't know, man. Brock, just I'm just talking right now, Kyle. Help me out. I'm just talking because the instincts, the feel, mm-hmm. is something that really jumps off the page. I think that it, it's the opposite of like. Okay, so bear with me here. Like James Wiseman is clearly a talented player, but he has zero feel. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's not played a lot of football, uh, basketball. Like it's just he doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is the opposite of that. Hey, he knows exactly what to do. It's just a matter of, is that lack of arm strength? Like, that showed last night. There were a couple mm-hmm. throws, and I think mm-hmm. it's pro- partially because he's hurt, but there were a couple throws last night where it's like, man, that was a pillow. Mm-hmm. Like, that just floated out there. And he had the bad throw that should have been intercepted that Quandre Diggs dropped. Mm-hmm. I think eventually that that lack of talent is going to catch up with him and this offense. Luckily for him, he has a coach that can kind of coach around that but I think you're right I think Purdy has some intangible stuff in the pocket and then when he gets outside the pocket and I think one of his strengths this is where I think Nick Mullins struggled a little bit Nick Mullins didn't know his limitations like Nick Mm. Mullins thought he was Brett Favre (laughs) and that ran him into some problems I think Brock Purdy knows he's Brock Purdy I think he's confident Mm -hmm. I think he knows like he's confident that he can maximize what he has but I don't think we're going to see him very often. It'll happen now and then. It happens to every quarterback. But I don't think it's going to be a consistent problem like it was with with Mullins where it's like, man, you can't make that throw. Stop trying to fit that ball in there. You can't do it. Right. So I, I, I'm i with you. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like if you told me they lost in the wild card round, I would, I would buy it. If you told me they went to the NFC title game, I'd buy it. I, I'm just – it's – the biggest thing, like, it's fun right now, man. Yeah, I'm having yeah. such a good time Absolutely, watching the 49ers. Man. That was fun last night. Brock, Brock will see some windows. It's almost some like windows. the Kings or something. I know, right? Like the beam in San Francisco or Santa Clara, I don't know. Uh, but Brock is, he, he'll see certain windows out there on the field and he'll be like, ah, I won't make that bag. I won't make that pass. It's not my Duffy. 
Is that it's how not in his duffy. It's very no nice. doubt. It's very it's not, nice. It's not my duffy right well, there. Well, don't act like you have a duffel bag. You say I can't read. You, you can't drop that in. I don't, I don't have that in my Louis. Say, <laughs> say that. I don't have a Louis bag. No, I don't have a Louis bag. Mm-hmm. I don't. On you right now. I mean, there's things. You have that there's rock things, There's things I'm though. working are on, a, but I don't have a, duffy, uh, a Louis. It's, it's, it's a Versace bag. Are you wearing a black fanny pack right now? No, no fanny pack, man. Kyle, I think you like my pants today, man. I got some. Final pants, man. <laughs> Please title that the show. Kyle, <laughs> you like my pants today. <laughs> Kyle would appreciate them. <laughs> Actually, I can see that. I, I, I can I can see Kyle uh being a big fan of those those pants you have on. Um you mentioned the 49ers being fun and and, and since Kenny's a broken record with this stupid uh, 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 thing that Brock Brock he Purdy did. is he doing. I'll be a broken record. <laughs> this team has been significantly better since they traded for Christian McCaffrey. It's this offense has been significantly better since they've traded for Christian McCaffrey. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. What does that game look like last night if they don't have McCaffrey? Now, granted, here's one thing. If they don't have McCaffrey, they have Jeff Wilson. So, yeah, there's that. They, but is Jeff Wilson the game-changing player that Christian McCaffrey is? Like, no, mm-hmm. he's not. And if Debo Samuel's out and it's Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, like there's just there's things that aren't open. They're not running that double fake pass throw over the middle to to Kittle. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not that's not in their Duffy. So <laughs> it's fun time. But yeah, I their offense took a took a leap with him. And the the floor, we talked about raising that floor, their floor is so much higher now. Yeah. So that's why when when they traded for him, there's this big freak out in analytics Twitter of like you can't give up that much for a running back and he's overpaid and it's like but this is more than a running back man this is a guy that's going to give you what do you what do you have 32 touches I think last night mm. and and almost 150 yards so and and a touchdown he scored a touchdown I think in every game he's played it's or or all but one every game or all but one whatever it is I think he scored touchdowns in the last seven. Mm. And that's just he's a he's a game changing player for them on offense for sure. You know, uh, Kyle, the Forty ers in the um, when you get out of the the nineties and the eighties and nineties, you know, where they were known for you know the West Coast offense and everything else like that. Since they've been good again since twenty eleven, they've kind of been known for what they do on the defensive end, and we've mm-hmm. seen some crazy defenses in San Francisco. And I never I, – I said at the beginning of the season, it's a top five defense in the, in the league, uh, could be the best defense in the league. But now we're getting into the point where is this the best 49ers defense we've seen in the last 10 years? And we're talking about 2011. We're talking about 2019. We're talking about 2012. Some great defenses, but these guys are sick. Yeah, the big thing that jumps out to me – is A, they're so well-suited to stop modern offenses. Mm. Like so many offenses, there's there's this thing, <clears throat> it's like the it, it's like the Fred Warner effect where you can go to any quarterback's passing chart against the 49ers and anything between the hashes, there's just no completions there. Mm-hmm. Like the Niners just take away a part of the field that offenses now are designed to attack. And being able to do that and force quarterbacks to go to a second read they don't normally need to go to, that's why Tua struggled. He said that's part of why he also just missed some open throws. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. they got him off his spot and they forced him to hang on to the ball longer than he's used to. And that's where, so it starts in the middle and that's where 
their defensive line and Nick Bosa can start to get home and start to impact the quarterback. But then the big difference with this secondary or this defense that I think can separate them because ultimately they, they got to do it in the postseason. They've got to do it against a, a very good offense. Mm-hmm. Their, their one, their biggest matchup this year was the chiefs and they gave up 44 points. So like we have to, we have to see them do it against a team like that. But Traverius Ward playing like a CB1 is huge. And remember, even in 2019, it was it was Richard Sherman's second-team All-Pro. He's really good. But then that other side, it was Akella Witherspoon. It was kind of Emmanuel Mosley. It's like, what are they doing over there? And that was that was a problem for them. This year, Diamond Lenore has been really good since Mosley went down. Mosley was playing like a pro bowler before he got hurt. Lenore's been really good. And then Jimmy Ward being able to play in the slot with Tayshawn Gibson playing at free safety and Talano Hufong has been good at strong safety. They're just, they're so good at all three levels in a way that I don't think they were in 2019. And I'm not even sure they were in, in 2011 and 2012. Mm. So like I said, they got, they have a, they have a ways to go before I'm putting them in the conversation with teams that went to the Super Bowl. But I mean, right now they're, they're trending that way. They're, they are unbelievable. And that's the biggest reason. Like when you talk Super Bowl with the 49ers, it's not because Brock Purdy's awesome. Like Brock Purdy's just good enough. He's just over there. Mm-hmm. It's because his defense. Yeah. Like th- it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. If they're going to give up 15 points, like the Niners are going to have a chance to win every game they're in. Yeah. What is it like? 21 second half points in the last seven games in this during the streak. It's yeah. like 21 yeah. second half points. And those Bucks points were garbage. Yeah. Just points that should have been intercepted. Points last night were garbage. No. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair. Um, is this Kyle Shanahan's best coaching job? Yeah, everything Chris said, I agree with him. I was listening. See our interview. <laughs> see our see our interview earlier with uh, 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 with Chris uh, Peterman. No, it, it is because this was the big like in 2018. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down; their season's over. In 2020, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down twice, and their season's just kind of over. Like they were mm-hmm. in the playoff race to like week 14, but that that season sucked. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't quite overcome it. And that was the big knock on Shanahan was like, man, if, you know, we see other teams, the Cowboys coached around Cooper Rush. That's Mike freaking McCarthy. He's terrible. So that was the big knock with Shanahan. It's like, man, if it can, you overcome some adversity and we'd seen him overcome adversity before at different positions, but it's like, if he doesn't have Jimmy, they're not winning. And the fact that they've now won their division on their third quarterback and are playing as good as they've played all year. And the fact that they didn't just crumple at three and four last year, they didn't crumple at three and five, but this year, three and four, they rip off seven and a row. They win the division laid out all the reasons that game was tough last night. Mm-hmm. That all to me comes down to the coaching staff. And that starts with, with Kyle Shanahan. And I think he's been excellent. Yeah. Kyle Matson, NinersWire.com, Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Make sure you check that out. James Ham's going to join us at the top of the hour. Deuce Mason reported uh, Davion Mitchell, out tonight. Davion Mitchell out tonight in Detroit with that dreaded non-COVID illness. Mm. Uh, mm. That Chris was saying be, that was going, going around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Chris said that is a, that is definitely a problem within this within this squad right now. So Davion Mitchell is out for tonight's game in Detroit. Uh, we'll talk with James Hamm at the top of the hour here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. 
Well, that brings to a conclusion perhaps the most interesting hour each week of D'Lo and KC. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Tristan's married. <laughs> <laughs> There was That's a certain crazy. point. There was a certain point uh, uh, in the middle of the conversation where you just kind of have to recognize where you are <laughs> and make the decision. This is what we're doing today. We're not going to do anything else. I'm not going to ask her if the Bots of Sabonis is an MVP. <laughs> we're, we're not going to. We're not going to. You know, d- 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 get into this weekend's games. Like, yeah. we have chosen a direction. We have chosen a path, and we are going, going to see it. this through. Hey, I got two things, real quick, because James is coming. We're going to be all kings. Um, what are we, 53 or something right now? 53 what? We break at 58, Kenny. 50, I got you. Okay. Um, <laughs> almost, buddy. <laughs> almost got <laughs> no, it. No, because I, I just want to make sure. So, first of all, yeah, we are alone. Oh, yeah, sure. No, we're, sometimes we say that and there's one. Oh, that's Charlie. Scra- yep, yeah. yeah that's Maybe there's here. one scraggler. Yeah. No. Yeah. We are the only four people in this building. Yeah. I, I I believe that. I, I just, Party starts in like 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, they're, they're, our, our company is throwing axes as a way to celebrate the Lord's birthday. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I know this. I just need to know if you saw this. Did you see the little girl? Yeah. You, okay. That, it was in the middle of talking, and the little girl ran across. The For those listening on the, I don't even know how many, in the, I know the chat he has had, had to have seen it. But for those on the radio, the the, the Odyssey app, when we have you know th- three people on, we have a kind of a wider screen, so yeah. you see you see the windows that, that that are in the hallway behind Kenny, and in the middle of that very grown up conversation, <laughs> a, 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 a a a child comes up and she's <laughs> like staring through the glass window. It's like, well, I know she can't hear us, so that's the positive. And some don't, or isn't that maybe they don't do this anymore? But in like some radio offices, don't they play the some of the shows? Yeah, they know the better. Yeah, they know better yeah, than to do that here. I'm glad they weren't doing that here. <laughs> they, they know better than to do that here. So there's that. We're alone here. Um, I'm gonna go to the party. I'm gonna I'm drop in. Okay, you're still not going, huh? No, okay. like no. It, it, I, I I I no. It's an it's almost an hour drive from here. <laughs> I have to go home and take care of, of, of Sprout, and then I'd have to leave from there. Like, no, nah, man. Yeah, I'm going to show my face. I'm going to represent D-Lo and KC, and then and I'm, I ain't going to be there too long. Never I ain't doing those me. after parties like they like to do. I got to get home. Bro, you're going to be there when it ends. I get, I'll have like an hour. All right. Well, I'm like glad you're going to represent D-Lo and KC. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the pass on this one. Um, you did it last time. You stayed and represented last time when I had to leave. Okay. We're I here. don't remember what we're that. Here. Oh, we were here. We oh, right, 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 right. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> they never get us together. <laughs> Those are the rules, guys. Like <laughs> you get, you get one of us. January twentieth, they will. Oh boy, yeah, boy, we up in that joint. The hell is January twentieth? Oh, man, come on, man. We gonna we gonna beat the game. January twentieth? Yeah. Me and you. What the hell is January twentieth? <laughs> I ain't even going to say because I was just, we just going to be there, man. It's just, this, this really is company business, but you know, we're going to be there. Um, the other thing, <laughs> he's really perplexed. The other thing. Oh, January 20th. <laughs> we're going to be in that. That's right. We're going to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the Kings game. We're going to be at the Kings game. Yeah, we're going to be at the Kings game, man. Yeah, that's, that's a big game for us, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll be there. Um, the other thing about it is, or what I was going to say was, what kind of um, 
I kind of mean this. I'm I'm a little disappointed to have this. I want to say lack like lack of self respect or Draymond Green. The jokes we were making jokes about how oh he's not going to play without Steph like he never play. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, he's out with quad soreness tonight. That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing that you're really tied to that man to the fact that you don't even want to play without Steph Curry. That's that is embarrassing. I'd be like like it'd be one thing if you felt that way, but I don't know. After people were joking about it for for days upon end, no, nah, I ain't gonna give him that, man. I ain't no sucker. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm go out there. Now this dude really went through and was like, "Yo, I'm out." Ain't got no damn quad soreness. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know whether he has quad soreness or not. I, I don't know whether he he has any sort of injury that he's monitoring or whatever. But the history of him just quitting and acknowledging mm-hmm. that he's quitting. Yeah, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for him. And truth be told, in many ways, they are a model organization. This is a bad look for the Golden State Warriors. Because I feel like someone has to say to him, like, dude, you can't, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you can't be serious. You're not playing? Like, you, it's the, the, the way that it lines up where you got tossed – the game he got hurt, mm-hmm. and now you're missing the first game without him. It's like that's embarrassing. Draymond, man. Come on, that that is now he he may be dealing with something, sure, and I want to be, be careful to not diminish. And, you know, and I'll I'll, I'll even run it back. But, I'll be I, I was out of pocket to say he ain't got no quad soreness. I don't know. Maybe he does. But the optics of this, when you have publicly acknowledged that you've quit on your team before, mm-hmm. this is a bad look. I'm just look. I'm looking at it not even like to because you know and you got and with that you got to take the jokes that come with him like yeah. the first tweet that I see Draymond out because he doesn't want people to see what he looks like without Steph Curry mm. it's all sounding true like when you do this all the time it's sounding true now the thing about it is like I know there's <laughs> cannot Draymond Green cannot function without Wardell <laughs> also expected to miss a few weeks. the the thing about it i know there's all this whole thing oh you hate draymond or whatever that's not even what this is about i'm i'm really am kind of disappointed in draymond green that this continues to happen because i do look at him as somebody that's competitive that's a competitor and you know has some pride in what he does I, i would like to believe that he has more pride than what he's shown with these situations where you know steph's not there then he he literally he quits. Andrew and Wiggins like, is out tonight too. But he's been out. Well, I mean, I wasn't trying to call Andrew Wiggins out. What I mean is, you're you're marching an interesting group of Golden State Warriors out there. I think Clay's questionable. Last I heard, this might get really, really bad over the next two to three weeks. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, one person who we know is out. I'm, I'm with you. That's it's a bad look for Draymond. It's a bad look for the Golden State Warriors. And and, and I want to be clear. Like this ain't no. Oh, I hate Draymond. Like I, if anything, I do respect his competitive nature. Like he's a, he's a competitor. The perception though yeah. is out there. Yeah, it's been out there. You yeah. you fed it. You you said it. 
You wanted the downloads. You talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's out there. We know that Davion is out, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davion Mitchell, uh, Deuce tweeted a few moments ago, Davion Mitchell out with a non-COVID-related illness. And from our earlier conversation, the Kings portion of our conversation with Chris Biederman, who is in Detroit uh, with the team, this might be something we have to watch for the next couple of days yeah. uh, leading into next week. I know we've all been so trained, understandably so, uh, to health and safety protocols and to COVID. And, well, there are colds and flus and sicknesses and probably mutated other forms of, of, of viruses that are out there right now. And, you know, this, this Alex Lynn isn't with the team. Uh, Chris Biederman said earlier that it, it, it feels like a lot of guys are kind of under the weather just to various, you know, varying different degrees. Uh, and this one has obviously gotten uh, Davion tonight. So we'll come back. Uh, we're essentially your countdown show, right? We're, we're your pregame show. We got four, Kings basketball. Are they 4 o'clock at the end of the day or 4? I thought it was 4.30. There ain't no way Detroit's a 4.30 start. You got to be kidding me. Well, the, it's a four o'clock start. Well, the crazy thing about it is Detroit's not in the Eastern time zone. They're central. No, I don't think that's true. I think they're central. I don't think Detroit's central. I think they are. No. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> the, no, Detroit's might, the Eastern time zone. They're, they're Eastern, I can confirm. Okay, all right. I thought they were central. No, 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 no. Because it's right above Chicago. Little to the little to the east, but. Well, that little to the east gets them to the <laughs> Eastern time zone. James Ham joins us. We'll take you all the way until the start of Kings basketball when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Live on the Odyssey app. We are your countdown show to Kings basketball. It begins at uh, 4 o'clock on NBC Sports California. Uh, we are so happy that you are here with us. We are happy that James Ham uh, is here with us, the creator uh, of the Kings Beat. Happy hour last night with Mark Jones. Sounded like it was a rousing success, but the only way you could be a part of happy hours, if you're a premium subscriber, over at the King's Beat. So give the gift of ham this holiday season uh, and subscribe uh, to the King's Beat over at thekingsbeat.com. Uh, James, as we noted just a couple of moments ago and we're talking about during the commercial break, Davion Mitchell out uh, with a non-COVID-related illness. Chris Biederman joined us uh, from Detroit earlier. He said it sounds like there's probably more than one or two guys who are a little bit under the weather uh, right now on this road trip. So this could be something the Kings are dealing with uh, moving forward. But our first thought was it's deli dime tonight. Uh, but what would Davion's absence mean uh, for this rotation for the Kings? Um, yeah, well, first and foremost, I think it means more time for De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. A- and even for that matter, Malik Monk. Um, Mike has is, is really relied heavily on those guys. Uh, we saw Fox play, what, 42 minutes last game. Mm-hmm. I think we could see him play big minutes again. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're going without your natural point guard, unless Del Vadova comes in and just does an exceptional job. And so far what we've seen from Delhi, he's been really solid. Um, I think the one good thing is if he is going up against Corey Joseph as the backup point guard for Detroit – that's a really good matchup for him because he's strong like Kojo, and uh, he definitely can and take a, take the pounding that Kojo likes to give you. Um, but uh, I, I'd also say that like 
it's one of those deals where, you know, if you can get away with Fox playing 42 minutes, um, yeah. Did I say something there that you guys caught? You guys, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it is Kenny, what it is. That's Kenny's fault. I was fine. I was fine. I was minding my own business. And then I see Kenny pop his eyes over the camera. That's Kenny's fault. I was he just pro- beat you up. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Kenny. Professional what? I, I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure either. It's so crazy, yeah. man. I'm it's not sure either. Crazy, Why does Corey Joseph have such an attitude with the Kings? He seems to <laughs> He's killing the Kings. Yeah, he seems to turn it up a notch when they play. You know, Corey is one of the nicest guys I've ever covered. I got to be honest. Like last time they when they rolled through town, um, he came over, uh, gave me a big hug, told me they just had a little baby girl. Um, just one of the best dudes. And the other thing with Kojo is he doesn't miss nights. You know, here in Sacramento, mm-hmm. I think his streak got up to like um, like 245 games or something. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy who goes out there and gives it his all every single game. And, and to be honest with you, I think I think Delhi's a better matchup against Kojo than, uh, than Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very different, but like this is really, he's a guy that gets into your chest and pushes you around and, uh, Fox has had trouble with him in the past, and you know he's got that old man game. Uh, he, Kojo's <laughs> always reminded me of Andre Miller. You know mm-hmm. he's just got that that old man game. He knows how to score. He knows how to get uh, get you in foul trouble. Get to the bucket. Um, yeah, just a solid solid NBA player. Kojo. Now that I think about it, he um, you know when it's all said and done, he's going to have like a 10, 11 year NBA career, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. you know I, I remember the time with him. You know here in Sacramento and you know he was the uh, object of people's frustrations and things of that nature and I always thought that was ridiculous and you know I, I always thought that he was a guy that you know understood his role in this league would do his job was pretty good at it he, was, he wasn't a superstar but um if you look at it like I said he's gonna have a 10 11 12 year career in this league yeah he's already up to 12 this he's is your 12 from coach wow. okay. yeah he's at 12 yeah so um, yeah, he's always been a solid, solid pro. And, you know, a lot of the Canadian guys, just really, really solid citizens behind the scenes. Uh, good people to have in your locker room. Just just a, an absolute spectacular human being uh, to be around. Always with a smile. A really funny laugh. Uh, yeah, he, he was my dude when he was here. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys you go to all the time to, to talk to, get information from. Um, yeah, and, and like, look... Uh, Guys like him, like they figure out what their role is in the league. They play to their strength, and you know he understands his job is to make sure that uh, that Ivy stays on course, um, and, and that the the other young players stay on course and become good pros and figure out this you know how to become uh, you know just really strong citizens in the league as well. Uh, it, it's funny that team has a couple of former Kings with Marvin there, and you know. It, it, it's just weird to see him there, and, and it's also the dynamic. When Corey was in Sacramento, I thought a lot of the the anger and angst by fans, it like that's who Corey Joseph is. He is a methodical, slow moving point guard, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's just there's something wrong if your starting point guard is a Ferrari and you're coming in with like you know a Hummer uh, or a <laughs> Mack truck back behind him, and that's. You know, that's the problem. You you choose a fast point guard and a slow point guard, a fast power forward and Marvin Bagley and a slow power forward and Nemanja Bialica, 
and you're going to have a bunch of wonkiness, and that's what that that entire generation of Kings teams look like, just ill-fitted pieces. James, it's the question of the day for you, for people tuning in for the first time. Does the outcome of tonight's game determine whether this was a good road trip or a bad road trip? Are you asking me if this is a much a must win game? <laughs> <laughs> must ish win? It's up there. It's got it's got must win vibes to it, James. <laughs> you know, a month from now it won't matter. Uh, but for today and the way that fans are reacting, and you know, like how the highs and lows of this season, I really do think it does mean something. You, you took care of business. You found a way to get back to two and three on the trip. With one game sitting in front of you, the one game left is the game that you always thought you could get on this trip. So go get it. And that's it. Like, don't mess around. Don't wait for, you know, the other team to to punch you and have to punch back. Go get the win. Go make it definitive and get home and see your loved ones and have the weekend off. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. You know, I I, I had two different arguments, I guess, or a conversation with Jay, uh, Damien where I was saying, you know, if you look at the whole totality, if I told you at the beginning of this trip you were going to go 2-4, and four, you're going to beat Cleveland, but you're going to lose to Detroit, I don't think people would look at that as a, as a bad road trip. But because of what happened on Wednesday, you know, and, and being able to win, at least for me, what happened on Wednesday, uh, winning that game the way they did and, and showing that type of fight and that grit, it almost feels like it would be wasted if you did all that on Wednesday and then lost uh, a game to Detroit, a team with the worst record in the league, uh, right before you're closing out the trip. Yeah, I mean, that's always going to be the way it's viewed by a ton of people. And I don't blame people for viewing it that way. Um, I don't. I just look at it and, like, this is game six of a six-game road trip. These guys have not seen their family in in two weeks. They haven't been in their own bed uh, it's called the getaway game for a reason. And so you hope that they're focused. Uh, this team seems to be a little bit more focused in situations like this than teams in the past. But, like, it's not a Kings thing that people lose the last game of a six-game road trip. Mm. It's an M- it's an NBA thing in general. Yeah. On Monday, are we going to be talking about how tough it is that first game at home after a long <laughs> road trip? See, I've never prescribed to that one. <laughs> I don't get that one. Like, I don't get it I, either. I don't either. Like, that's the game where you should come in and be ready to go. You and, should be hyped, right? Yeah. yeah, you should be excited to get back in front of your home crowd. And, and you know, like, look, this is a good home crowd, and you should perform well for this crowd. I think this team is finally embracing the home court and finally understanding, you know, what it is that uh, – what this – fan base can do for you as a player and it's tremendous not every team in the league has this uh, I guys like Kevin Herter playing in Atlanta um, or Malik Monk who played in Charlotte and they're playing in front of front of you know empty buildings half the time like that's hard mm-hmm. and then you get here and it feels like you're back in college and you you got the cheering section you know the uh, the student section bouncing up and down and going crazy and that's what this this uh Sacramento Kings team feels like yeah. or this Sacramento Kings fan base hey, hey so real quick i'm sorry yeah. uh Casey yeah, i know you just looked at the injury report a minute ago and didn't even is is Kevin Herter still listed on it yeah he's still listed as questionable uh okay. but i mean if you're at shoot around not only if you're at shoot around but if you participate in shoot around mm-hmm. um 
then yeah, uh, you're usually good to go. It, it just depends on if something goes wrong between. So I'm assuming he did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Biederman reported that he was at shoot around. I actually uh, saw some footage of something, and not only was he there, but he was in uniform. You know, he was work. He was there with the the guys. So I don't know if he went through the entire walkthrough and everything. Um, but there's usually a different look from a player when he is uh, not going to play. And there's always possibility that he doesn't, but, um, you know, I, I think that they need him. They know they, uh, Herder knows that his team needs him to get over the hump here and they need him to be strong. You know, they mm-hmm. need him to have a good night. Uh, so I would be surprised if he's not there just because he's at shoot. Probably would have been smart of us to ask Biederman about that earlier. Maybe so. I mean, Biederman, yeah. had, you know, we, we were just so hyped off of Brock Purdy, you know. We? Yeah, yeah, you love him too. We- <laughs> you know you love Brock Purdy. You know that? You know Purdy Mady is running wild, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? Rem- Official oh. freeze at 314-24. Ladies and Got gentlemen. I need you guys up because he's been fun. <laughs> Purdy. I'm not frozen. I can no. still hear you. No. James, you froze, not no. me. <laughs> <laughs> James is the only person who hates freezing. Everybody tunes in for the James Ham freeze. It agitates James. The official time was 314. Whatever you were saying about Brock Purdy, can you please repeat it? Because you looked really, really excited, and I wanted to hear it. James right there was like that that TV show where they went through the Bermuda Triangle. And they were gone for five years, and they come back, and they don't know they were gone for five <laughs> oh. years. That James show was terrible, by the way. I tried to watch it. Is it, it on the One Hundred? Is that what it is? No. Oh, no. what was the name of that show? It's I something. Oh, my I son tries to get me to Manifest. watch Manifest. it. Manifest. It's called Manifest. Manifest. It's okay. Awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of <laughs> the. Uh, yeah. There we go, Rory. Uh, Ham three fourteen. Um, yep. <laughs> Ham three fourteen. Says I just froze her ass. Freeze. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'm dying to know what you thought about Brock Purdy, though, because you looked really excited before you froze. Yeah, like, who are you guys comparing him to? Oh, K- Kenny, Joe Montana, Stop it. Peyton Manning, Stop uh, it. Uh, Tom Brady. I'm comparing him to Brock Drew Purdy. Drew That yeah. boy's balling right now. Balling. <laughs> balling. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game because uh, we had the happy hour uh, last night, and I did have the game on behind me for – the people who were on the happy hour, they could see what was happening. I, on the other hand, could not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I oh, could good. see some yeah. reflections in the windows in my house. And like when there was a big play, I'm like, oh, there goes somebody. I don't know who that is. Uh, so. Well, we, I was just thinking about this. We didn't really get a chance to talk to you. We did not get a chance to talk to you after the game in Toronto. Um, I said, and, and Damien was kind of on board too, you know, but I said that was the win of the year. I thought that game was so competitive. I thought both teams played desperate and really played with a high level of intensity. And obviously you had everything that went on with Fox getting busted open, Mike Brown getting thrown out, the emotion of all that, and being able to win that game. I thought that was the win of the year so far. And they've had, they've had some good candidates, but I, I thought that was the best one. It's up there for sure. And like I've told you guys, I told, I mean, even last year with with Luke Walton, just like, just get thrown out of a game. Like your team is just getting railroaded. 
by the officials. And I don't know what it is about this year in particular. I mean, there have been other years where I felt like the Kings were up against the, you know, the the officials as well. But this year in particular, it just, it's so bad. Mm. I mean, like the last play of the game, that, that could have, they could have gone into overtime and potentially lost that game on the most blatant offensive foul that that's ever been. Like, how do you, I mean, he just ran up and shoved De'Aaron Fox to the ground and then turned around and hoisted up a wide open three point shot that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. And for me, like, where are these guys? Like enough with the, the crappy, like the, just note to NBA enough with the two minute report, Hmm. make plays reviewable in the final 10 seconds, a final 30 seconds, make them reviewable. Like, who cares if the games last an extra five minutes? You got the crowd into it, but that's something that should have easily been looked at. And they should have, I mean, first of all, suspend the officials. Mm. If it, This is the third time this season where the Sacramento Kings, on the final play of the game, with an official staring directly at the, the, the game action in question, miss a blatant, ridiculously bad call. Like how how do you miss that? And to me, I, I know it would have been tough to to see uh, if you're in Toronto to have that the whistle called and that a turnover right there. It is what it is. Like make the call. Hey, sorry about that, Dave. But James, I mean, suspension. You know, whatever. If they don't have that, then you know, then they got to do what they got to do. But I think they need to have these referees available to speak. Yeah. You know, I think they need to be able to Very explain themselves. So. And mm-hmm. and I, I'll tell you this, it may it's not going to fix the game. It's not going to feel make a lot of people feel better. But if a referee got in front of a camera and a pool of reporters after the game, after seeing what happened, and got up there and said, you know what, I, I missed the call. I just flat out missed it. I can I can accept that. That that's where the human element comes into it. Like you're not going to get every call, but just this. Oh, I don't have to talk. Or when they're out on the court, I don't have to explain myself to you. Like they need to, they need to get rid. And then, like you said, the last two minute report, they need to get rid of all that. Like I think they need to be talking. Yeah, and I'll say this too. First of all, like I am one of the pool reporters for the NBA, so I, at home, I cover about half the games where I am the pool reporter. So the problem is their mechanism to get a pool report and to get it a referee interviewed is very complex. So. So basically, if there's a play that happens, we have to, as a reporter, whether we're at home or we're at the game or wherever we are, we have to go to the pool report list, find the, the, the reporter that's on staff that night, call them, call the league official that is on staff that night, call them, and say, I have these two specific questions. And so the pool reporter then is uh, they're pulled aside. And here's the problem. It's that it all happens in real time. So typically when I get done with a game, I'm trying to post my six quick thoughts, right? You got to drop everything. You got to forget about whatever is going to go on in post game, whether like interviews and stuff like that, you got to forget all of it. Then you have to go to a separate room in the arena, the pool reporter does, and they, they get to ask the official like two specific questions. And I think they're allowed one follow-up, but they're not allowed to ask anything else. And so there is a mechanism in place, but it's very difficult. And it's it's like, again, the that most seems important like... 15 minutes of our night is right then. Like, hmm. how do we do it? How do we manage it? 
and it, and it's very difficult. It seems like it'd be almost impossible to do if the play in question is the last play of the game. For yeah. all of those calls yeah. to be made that quickly in order for you to 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 actually get the opportunity to speak with the official. We have a 15-minute window where it has to be a, a basically a, a complaint with multiple questions has to be like sent into the league specifically right then. Hmm. Like and, and once and that and again that 15 minutes is us closing out our game book, shutting down our laptops, putting our stuff in our bag, getting down to the press conference room where we've got a coach coming any minute. And and then if they do like if the pool uh, report is triggered, we have to step out. We miss whatever happens after that. Mm-hmm. We've got to you know. So we wouldn't have been there for a Jordy Fernandez interview or or Domantas Sabonis, whoever it might be. We we would have had to go into a completely separate area and go ask the officials questions. Uh, we and don't it have wouldn't that. have been me. It would have been whoever is a pool reporter in Toronto that night. They would have to drop everything they're de- that they're doing and go handle it. That's trash. Well, no questions asked from D'Lo and Casey and James Ham because we've got tickets for you to see the Sacramento Kings take on uh, the Washington basketball team coming up on December 23rd. That's one week uh, from tonight. Uh, caller number three right now, 916-909-1320. We'll get you all set up uh, to be in attendance that night. 916-909-1320. Tickets to see the Sacramento Kings December 23rd uh, at the Golden One Center. Hammer, you just mentioned uh, Jordy Fernandez. I, I think one thing, I don't know if it was something anybody questioned before, but something that was absolutely on full display uh, following that game against Toronto, uh, watching Jordy celebrate, watching Mike Brown celebrate with Jordy Fernandez, then hearing DeMontis Sabonis in that postgame presser talk about a speech they got from Doug Christie uh, earlier in the day. I think maybe for the first time we got a glimpse into how close the coaching staff is. Hmm. We see so much with the players, them being at the forefront of every social media post and all of the amazing work that's going on from the Kings social media team. I think this was a glimpse into how close this coaching staff is. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, If uh, you guys are out, out and about, uh, look at my um, my Monday musings. Um, because in my Monday musings, I, I broke down like a whole bunch of stuff with Jay Triano and, uh, like the Kings actually gave me Jay to talk to, um, my, my man, Brendan Nunez, uh, two weeks before was able to get Luke Laux for a sit down a one-on-one. Like this is not always the case. Mm-hmm. Like it's usually a head coach likes a message to come from him, especially early in the season. Like, when they've been together for a few years, then a lot of times you can get that. You can get that situation where you're allowed to uh, to pull aside an assistant and have a conversation. Um, but for uh, for the most part, uh, you're just not. That's not part of what they do. They they want the message to come from one person. So what that what I'm saying is it tells you how close that these guys are behind the scenes, that they're confident in each other, that someone's not going to go out and take credit for something that they didn't do or say something that's wild or or just kind of step out of line. And, man, I'm telling you, the first two years of, of Luke Walton, that's all it was. Like there was an awkwardness to the entire group, and I've talked about this before. It's because Luke, when he was in L.A., was just chastised by the media because he brought in a bunch of his friends to be his assistants. Mm-hmm. And they, everyone kept saying, oh, you don't have a true like sounding board. You just have a, a bunch of yes men and all this stuff. 
man, if you don't have continuity behind the scenes with your coaching staff, then it's just really awkward and hard to get anything done. And so I'm glad. I'm glad they're growing, and I'm glad that Doug has been able to be part of that as well because, you know, guys like Jordy, guys like Jay, uh, Luke, like all those guys had worked together with Mike Brown before in in other stops or with the the Nigerian national team. Doug hadn't, and Lindsey Hardin hadn't. So it's good that, that they're comfortable enough to not only have Doug stand up and talk to the team, but also – to talk about the fact that Doug stood up and talked to the team because mm-hmm. that's another element. Like a lot of times these things, they just don't want it like a big deal that some other coach said something. Um, it, it, the egos behind the scenes are usually pretty extreme. Yeah. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. It also goes to, um, and you talked about a little bit, Mike Brown being comfortable in who he is. And I think that that goes all the way down to the team and to the players, right? Where, the only thing that matters is winning. We've talked about this for months. Only thing that matters is winning. It's not about the credit. It's not about um, you know proving pe- proving to people that you know I-, I can bring in a staff of you know people that I don't know and make them work. And it's all about winning. I, none of none of that other stuff matters. Win, win, win. Then you see that with like you talked about how the way this coaching staff was put together. And in situations like Wednesday night, like Mike Brown wasn't tripping off nothing. Like, Jordy, you got it. We're going to celebrate. And only that matters is the fact that we won. You saw it in the group picture with those guys, the guys that never played. Metsu didn't play that much, but he was in there front and center of the picture like, let's go, we got to win. Yeah, <laughs> You know, like I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing that. And, and it's extremely vital for this franchise the what, where they were at coming into the season. Yeah, this coaching staff in particular feels a lot like Dave Yeager's staff, where, again, Dave Yeager's staff, they were all family. Like, all of those guys, uh, like, I think um, Dwayne Tickner and and Dave Yeager, while they were playing against each other in the minor leagues, had traded a player from one team to the other for a steak dinner. They they went out and who they uh, one of them got a player and the other one picked up the tab on dinner like those guys Bob Thornton all those guys they were super super close and it, it's good because that would allow me to go sit down on the bench and just have like really really honest conversations with yeah. guys not even on the record just so we knew what was going on we knew why it was that Sal was wasn't great. playing a bunch yeah that staff yeah. was so great yeah they were a good group of guys and then you know like uh, George Carl's staff a lot of guys that were like George disciples. And so you got a different feel like George is a man. If you have a question, you need to go talk to George. Hmm. And and that's kind of the way he went. And so I've seen all kinds of different staffs here in, in Sacramento, but uh, you know, each of them are different. Each of them have a different personality and each head coach has a way of, of managing that group and whether or not they allow them into the, into the conversation or not, you know, because again, if you're Mike Brown, wouldn't you want to take credit for the fact that you have like a top five rated offense out of nowhere, as opposed to letting Jay Triano sit there and have a long conversation with me about how he's constructed the offense? That's that's a, a big man, Mike Brown, like letting somebody else take a lot of credit for something that's happening on the court. Don't you dare go anywhere, folks. Uh, we're <laughs> taking you all the way up until game time. Uh, we're we're your pre-show here. We're your pre-game show. We've got you covered. We'll be back with more. D'Lo and KC and James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320.
Lo and Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Hey, happy happy anniversary to our very own Maybach O. Hey, uh, apparently it was it was one year ago that she joined the team. Oh, come on, man, air horns, air horns. Yeah, uh, oh well, you got to give me a heads up for those. It's Let's not go. as easy. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I didn't even know Maybach that. Maybach O took a peek at Instagram and she's got it up there. I was like, hey, that was a year ago. All right. Good times. Good stuff. Good we, got, we got a good team. Yesterday was crazy, but good times. Yesterday was different. <laughs> yep, yesterday was different. I've chose to block that out of my memory, but it's it's there available in the podcast or, or, or YouTube for those uh, for those who want to see it. Uh, James, it's the Sacramento Kings and the Detroit Pistons coming up in about 25 minutes from now to close out this six-game road trip. Uh, Kings come home, got a lot of road games uh, ahead. Uh, as we noted, Davion Mitchell out tonight. Uh, with a non-COVID-related illness. Man, we know Detroit's not very good, but there's one thing that just kind of lingers around that 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 gives me that that makes me nervous about this game. And I feel like the Kings, I, I feel like the Kings are good enough now. They're in a position to where they should beat teams that are this bad. And Detroit is they're a single-digit win win team. You know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, some some odd games into the season for them. But one thing that leaves me nervous a little bit. Uh, hammer one how well they played at the golden one center but two the fact that it's announced and official and you know Cade Cunningham had his surgery today he's out he's not coming back while the team is bad it's still in a bit of a state of flux and they're still going to be trying to figure some things out and I think there are some guys now who are going to be playing with their chest out a little bit and Oh, that 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 leaves me nervous. That that feels like a combustible element. You're coming off that high against that win against uh, you know all those points against Charlotte. Uh, you got Sacramento coming in at the end of their road trip. It's leaving me a little uncomfortable about this one. Yeah, this is a team that they play hard. Um, they attack the rim. They get to the free throw line. They lead the league in free throw attempts. They also lead the league in personal fouls, so they're a bad defensive team right around 20. Well, that's good league. news for them. They're playing Sacramento. They don't call <laughs> fouls against. Uh, uh, right, they're not going to hit their quota tonight. De'Aaron Fox ain't getting fouls tonight, so we know that. That's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Neither is you know, Sabonis. We, we had that discussion on the podcast the other night about De'Aaron Fox's fouls and just how, you know, he he's getting less and less fouls uh, like over the last three years you've seen him decrease even though he's still playing that style and Sean always uh, on the pod he always says that well it's because Fox goes to, goes into the key looking for a foul and i don't think that's the case like I, like it's one of those points that i just disagree with Sean on I, I just think that like for some reason he doesn't get calls and part of it's because he plays for the Sacramento Kings and you know i know people are like oh that's not a thing it is a thing like bad teams, historically bad teams get bad calls. That's the way it goes. They also get uh, bad referees um, that are just, you know, whether they're, they don't usually get the A team hmm. and that's what uh, y- you get sometimes. And I-, I just think it's really startling to see how many times, like Harrison Barnes is getting to the free throw line more than De'Aaron Fox on the season. Hmm. And I can guarantee you which one of those two has shot more, uh, like had more shot attempts had more drives to the basket, like all of it favors Fox, but for some reason Harrison Barnes gets a call and Fox doesn't. You know, even even more than that, like him getting to the hole and trying to shoot and getting fouled and stuff like that, I think there's a bunch of times when he's just like making an attack and somebody's reaching. 
Like it may not even be a shooting foul, but they're reaching across his body and there's contact there. There's contact that's called all the time throughout the league. Then that doesn't get called on him for whatever reason. And like I said, that's not a shooting foul. That's just a foul that, you know, can get you closer to the bonus or something like that. But even something like that, for whatever reason, never gets called. Yeah, he doesn't get anything. Um, like it, if if he, he does don't get go anything to the line, stitches. Yeah, yeah. If he goes to the line, it's because he got beat. He got like pounded, and people are like, I mean, you got to call it at some point. But then again, we just watched the final play of the game against Toronto, or uh, he just gets run over. Yeah. You know, and it, I think it was the play before. Uh, like it was a few plays before when he got hit in the head and it wasn't even his drive where I think he got hit and, and started bleeding. He got hit uh, like playing defense and then came down, scored the bucket and they realized he has bleeding everywhere. Uh, yeah. But he, you know, we, we will have band-aid the Aaron tonight. I'd say, I mean, I think the Kings fan base is really looking forward to that. Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee tweeted just a moment ago, Kevin Herter back. Kevin Herter has been cleared to return tonight. So while the Kings will be without Davion, uh, Kevin Herter uh, is back in the lineup uh, for the Kings. He should come off the bench because my man TD is just too sensational in that role. Uh, Leave Terrence Davis as a starter. I'm going to go Kenny Carraway. Lock Terrence Davis up to a long-term contract. Hey, man, let's do it, man. Sign him for like seven years. (laughs) Sign him for 13 years. 13 13, 13 years. Baseball contract. (laughs) Terrence Davis, the first ever baseball contract in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, the Detroit Pistons just put out the starting lineups and Kevin Herter starting. So, um, if Whatever, I if James. I was not on with you, good fella, mm-hmm. fellas, I, I would uh, I would I would have been on top of that. But it is what it is. <laughs> you see that, that, that you see that passive aggressiveness. I can't do my job because I'm here with you two idiots. We 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 we, we cherish. You, I didn't James. say that. <laughs> James a little fired up. He didn't get the Pistons lineup out there uh, in time. But Kevin Herter is back. Terrence Davis, Davis did play well obviously that was a, a, a different role for them B- bench bolstered a little bit now I guess with Terrence Davis going back to that bench Malik Monk knowing you're going to be without uh, Davion Mitchell I think you brought this up earlier I'd really like to see Kevin Herter get going like consistently get going again yeah I mean it's crazy that he hasn't shot well for like I don't know like 12 games and he's still shooting 42 percent from three like I mean, the guy can really shoot, so they need him back uh, and in a rhythm. I I think having a, a couple of days off might be a good thing for uh, for Kevin, uh, but it's not like he played on the first night of the back to back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's had that much time off. This is just uh, you know one of those days, and, and I'll point that out too. Like uh, this is not only the sixth game of the road trip, but it's the third game in four nights for the Kings. Mm-hmm. You know they they just had the back to back and now they're they're beat up this is a, a road weary team at this point and and i guarantee you they're gonna have a nice break this weekend trying to just get healthy and and recover a little bit well maybe maybe it's just prisoner of the moment but when was the last time you remember fox and sabonis playing 40 plus minutes like they mm-hmm. did on wednesday i don't feel like that's happened too much if at all no it hasn't been that often uh, no he uh like mike Mike Brown has not run these guys into the ground. And, and you know why? Because they have the depth that they don't have to do that. True. And so, like, while I, I would like to see Sabonis around 36 minutes a game, he'll probably get there by the end of the season. We'll see him slowly accumulate more and more as the season goes on. 
but they're kind of ramping up and keeping everyone else involved. And then once you get to the point in the season where it's go time, you're going to start playing both of these guys a ton of minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's that last, you know, 25 game stretch where you need all hands on deck and, and you need guys to play serious minutes and you need them to get ready for the playoffs. There is no saving it this year. You, you got to get them ready uh, to try to fight for a playoff run. And then also to be ready once they get there to to understand what it what it took to get there and what it's going to take to to keep going. And so hopefully uh, they're, they're sort of like pushing the right buttons here for these guys. Do you think Domas is an all-star right now today? Absolutely. I I absolutely believe that he is an all-star in the Western Conference. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any question at all. He's a, I mean, NBA.com listed him as one of the uh, the five players just outside of the top 10 for MVP ball- balloting. Like, he's an all-star. Mm-hmm. There's no question. And what he's been able to do and what he does on a nightly basis, uh, the fact that he leads the league in double-doubles, um, he's almost putting up a triple-double every single night. And he's only got one, but he's almost doing it every single game. And he's just been incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, he, and he's so vital to what this team does. And, and one of the things that uh, I loved about that 2020 game he had the other night was, you know, they had nobody. You talked about it uh, that day, about, you know, they were lighting the pants. They had nobody that could uh, keep up with Domas down low. And he didn't let him off the hook. You know, he dominated that game inside. He dominated the boards. And he was still able to distribute the ball enough to have seven assists. And I I just love that aspect of the game. Like, if you don't, your only chance is to have somebody like Jokic or Nurkic or Embiid, somebody with the size to keep up with him. If you don't have that, like I said, he don't let you off the hook. He's not going to, like, start shooting four threes when there's a, a little guy down there just because that's the way the game's going. I'm going to beat you up in, in the paint and get these buckets, and I'm going to dominate the boards. I love that. This is going to be a tough game for him tonight, though, because Isaiah Stewart wasn't there last time they played mm-hmm. Detroit, and he's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. And, and Jalen Duran is a big kid, man. Like that is Jaylen a guy. I like him, too. He is a gigantic kid uh, that you know is going to be – I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, Detroit's building something. You have to like what they're building. It's just whether or not, you know, it's always really tough when you have young players to, to know what they are, to put them in the right, like pecking order and and have them buy into those roles. Um, that's why, you know, it's so crucial for a team like this to have players, you know, like, like Corey Joseph and it's, and even Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, it's very crucial to have those types of players and, I think they've done a really masterful job of building out this roster. Um, It's just going to take, you know, two or three years before you really know what you have. MVPs, All-Stars, roster buildings. The award that I want is GQ's most stylish man of the year. Who got that? You want to guess? It's an NBA player. Shea? Shea got it. Wow. They gave it to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Not my vibe. Well, not completely. Yeah, like he he, ha- he has a couple of you. Yeah. He, yeah, he has a couple of different looks in the photos uh, that they chose to to use. But boy, they loved him some Shea. 
They love Sim. I wonder what a Louis Vuitton football jersey costs because that's that's what he's wearing. Oh in my one goodness, of- James! How much did your Louis Vuitton football <laughs> jersey cost? Yeah, you did I have the that the- one. You know, they're telling me it'll be here on Saturday. Oh, there you I go. Don't know if it'll be here today. <laughs> there you so. go. You did have the. That's funny. You, you did have the Louis Vuitton Don on Happy Hour last night. Our man, uh, yeah. Mark Jones. Yeah. He's a Louis V guy. He definitely is, uh, as as we are all aware. Um, Technically, <laughs> a Louis V guy too. Yeah, you're telling, just telling stories to people. It is. Kings fifteen and twenty two, and this has just bothered me as the preview came up. Kings fifteen and twenty two, Detroit Pistons eight and, uh, or I'm sorry, they're they're fifteen and twelve. Pistons are eight and twenty two. Boy, really got to watch out for those Pistons, man. <laughs> it's like you really got to watch out for those Pistons. They're literally the second worst team in the league. And the only reason they're not the first or the, the absolute worst is because they just beat the worst team in the league two days ago. And that's Charlotte. But, but Damien and, and James, I want to know what you think about this. We're not at the point of the season where worst teams in the league aren't dangerous anymore. That's facts. I think that's, that's, that's reserved for February and March. Yeah. Where those teams who stink, they, they'll roll over for you. Yeah, they got they got the G League squads out there. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what Charlotte's G League squad is, but or, or, Damn, or Detroit's G League squad. Yeah, yeah we aren't there yet. I, I totally I totally agree with you. Like that this is gonna be a, a tough game and, and it's gonna be a tough game because you know, the Kings are are just absolutely road weary. Like again, three games in four nights is it's not something that we see all the time in the NBA now. Uh, it used to be four games in five nights, and that was absolutely brutal. You could just check off the last game and know that you're going to lose that. Uh, but this is one of those those games where you know it's all kind of stacked up against you. And I don't believe in what they you know the old trap game. Like the Kings have never like in my time covering the team, they've never been good enough to believe in a trap game that that some some game was some sort of trap. No. This team's never been that good, uh, so so you you can't even let that thing like seep into your head. Like, what do you mean a trap game? I mean, you're the Sacramento Kings. Like that, you don't get to talk about that. Um, but for me, like again, this is a game where you're you gotta you gotta find some other gear hiding deep inside and and push through and and don't let Marvin Bag- Bagley embarrass you after uh, he got booed out of the gym in Sacramento. Hmm. No, no, we'll no. get a favorable response there. I'm sure Dad will be front row with his yeah, Pistons jacket yeah, with on. with the Pistons jacket. I mean, look, I will say this. He's going to have a retort to your Drake bars if they win. You kind of went in on Bagley in that. What I just, I told, what I told him that. Day? Oh no, maybe it wasn't the Drake bars. Maybe it was the tweet. Yeah, the tweet. I told him to walk his ass across the court and light the beam. That tweet had traction. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people felt like you did. I hope he saw it. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure he saw it. I'm positive. He was say he wanted like I said, he wanted to be part of the story oh. by sitting there with the big pistons jacket and standing up courtside, which I gave him credit for. I didn't think he would do it. I'd be like, Well, hey, salute to you for showing up. But let's not mistake, he wanted to be part of the story. Well, he was part of the story then. Indeed he was. Yeah. Indeed he, he was. He likes to be part of the story. Yeah. Keegan Murray has played really well over the last like nine or ten games or so. Uh, is it just him like settling into the season? Like he didn't shoot great against Toronto, but he had some really important plays. Uh, especially, you know, Kenny pointed this out uh, after after the Mike Brown ejection. People people kind of forget this part. 
after Mike Brown was ejected, things got bad really quick because they were just sitting at the foul line for like ten minutes, <laughs> scoring uh, you know points. And I think they got a point off. They got a basket off of that possession, and it was Keegan's next like three plays, two on the offensive end, one on the defensive end, that settled things down for them a little bit and allowed them to ultimately win the game. But what do you think about the way Keegan's played recently? Yeah, he's showing you that you know that he's through. He's passed a lot of the uh, the stuff that was plaguing him through that stretch where he was you know just really couldn't find the bucket at all. Uh, he's such a confident kid and like we aren't seeing the like slumped shoulders we aren't seeing any of the the bad the bad body language that we were early no do rags Um, no do rags from keegan murray this year either (laughs) yeah i I mean in all honesty like this is the number four pick in the draft he he needs to adjust quickly to the to the league and he needs to show up every night and I, i think he's been really good what is it like 12 game stretch or something where he's been really solid mm-hmm. um and he's got so much more he can give you can see it that there's so much more he just needs more opportunity and i expect him to continue to to grow throughout the season and that's that's what's nice here seeing a player you know he's going to go up against ivy tonight so you hope that there's a little bit of extra oomph yeah. mm-hmm. in in it because mm-hmm. he he heard everything he knows uh people, you know what like people you. thought <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you can just call was, me out. I, I was I, I was Keegan Murray. Also, I was Keegan Murray all day. I, well, I mean, yeah, just like the NBA. Like I they, wish they, they tell the whole the, story. You don't have to tell the whole story there. You just click on the video link and you see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big. Well, well I mean, guy. like, look, it, the NBA forgot. Well, he had left before the <laughs> top five took a picture, and it was four guys, and well, one of them wasn't. That's I mean, not fair. You told me the story about that, and that's not fair. No, they have to. Well, be because bad. he. He left or he got he thought he was done with his stuff and left. Well, what are they supposed to do though? Like the NBA that if should, he's gone, what are they supposed to do? Oh, we can't take the picture because Keegan's gone? They should have never yeah. let him left leave the building. Well, uh, you know what they should have okay. done is they should have just fair. like photoshopped in a picture of his brother. Because that's you know, like even when he was drafted, the picture was of his brother. Like there's if you really wanted to play the disrespect card for for Keegan, like he's got plenty of ammunition. Like he, but at the same time, like these are games where you go out and you prove. You prove that you can fit into a system and make an impact and you know, and, and defend Marvin Bagley and you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. This is this should be a good a good challenge for Keegan Murray. Kings right. win tonight and have a three and three road trip and the Golden One Center is gonna be on fire on Monday because people are gonna be so excited that the boys are back home and they're Three games, man, four games over five hundred. Man, their next two games are against the two worst teams in the league, leading in to the Lakers. Mm. Uh, and then the the Wizards aren't great. Then you got a back to back against a back to back at home against the Denver Nuggets. Oh man, mm. yeah. And it, it still, I don't think, I don't think Brad has returned. Like I, I know the idea was this trip that the the Wizards are on. That they just started. I don't. I don't think Brad's returned yet. So Friday, we've been giving away tickets for two weeks now. <laughs> Friday could be the return of Marvin Bagley or uh, Bradley Beal. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, or whoever the the Bradley was that NBA put on their 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 app <laughs> with a picture of Keegan Murray when they said <laughs> they Kings rookie Bradley makes his debut. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Who is that? <laughs> Why do they do Just that? Just a disrespect, players? man. <laughs> I don't Just know. Disrespect. Just called him a random name. Bradley. Oh, this guy looks like a Bradley. I don't know. I'd wow. pop if Bradley wore a do rag, though. <laughs> I'd absolutely pop if he wore a do rag. <laughs> All right, we're done. Oh, we're done for the day. We're done for the week. Uh, head over to thekingsbeat.com. Uh, become a premium subscriber there you don't want to miss out uh, on the next happy hour they're all fun they're all amazing uh and you don't want to miss out on the premium content that james ham drops over there as well make sure you check out the king's beat podcast wherever you get podcasts from if you missed out on any part of our day today including our very interesting conversation with trista crick and kyle matson which is now merged into one singular conversation uh, of course you can check that out on youtube or uh wherever you get podcast from have a great weekend have a safe weekend drink responsibly and we will see you here monday at noon on sacramento sports leader espn 1320 go kings this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.